Hey, yo, say hello to the back. Scott Hall. Hey, this is Olympic gold medalist Kurt Angle from TNA. Oh, it's real. It's damn real. Hi, this is Booker T, the five-time WCW champion. And you listen to SNS Radio Network. Yo, monkeys, it's me, P-P-P, the king of Adabim, the master of the diamond cutter, the three-time, three-time, three-time world champion. Stay tuned or you will feel Hey, you listen on the SNS Network, and that's the bottom line. The Stone Cold Central. The world is listening. And now we're pleased to bring you our feature presentation. Due to some violent content, parental discretion is advised. Radio has changed our lives and possibly saved our lives. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Wrestling News Live. Here are your hosts, J.J. Sexay. Stay thirsty, my friends. The Bronx father, Tony Mirabella. I'm going to make him an offer he can refuse. And the trade on. You tell him I'm coming and hell's coming with me, you hear? Hell's coming with me. On the SNS Radio Network. Enough of that. Welcome to Wrestling News Live right here on the SNS Radio Network. I am the Bronx father, Tony J. Mirabella, uh, coming off the heels of WrestleMania 29, baby. A lot of controversy. Some people liked it. Some people didn't. Some people are kind of in the middle. Uh, that's typical uh, every year with WrestleMania. I thought it was a decent show. You know, I I enjoyed it, but I enjoyed the hell out of Raw last night as well. The Trey Dog, he will be joining us a little bit later on. He will be here. But for right now, I want to introduce to you the man who tried to cash in Sunday night, but unfortunately the stream could not get back on its feet. So he took his briefcase and ran off like a thief in the night and decided to cash it in here tonight. Please welcome to the show our guest host. L train, what's up? Uh, 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 ah, damn it, Bronx! Now it's stuck in my head. Thanks a lot. 
Oh man, oh man, what a what a past two days it's been for wrestling fans. You know, I mean WrestleMania on Sunday and last night's Raw. Holy shit, man! I mean, you, you want to talk about you want to talk about some some crazy stuff going on? Yeah, it was nuts. I mean that that crowd. <clears throat> everyone's talking more about the crowd than the show itself. Although it, it was still a good show with or without the crowd. But I mean, that crowd in Jersey was nuts. Crazy. Yeah, definitely. I mean, from, from start to finish, the moment the show opened, they were ruckus to the very last second. And, you know, like everybody, everybody's still talking about it today. Everybody's seeing it online today. No matter where you go, no matter what video you look at, it's still going on. Yeah, I mean, I actually saw somebody made a, uh, one of those mem things where it's, it showed the crowd and it said, uh, first Hall of Fame inducts, inductees for 2004, 2014, the crowd in New Jersey, which I thought was kind of cool. And a lot of people have been saying that. Even Dolph Ziggler, who we'll get to in a moment, tweeted, thanks, Marks, you know, for the pop. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, Ziggler is, is too much. And. You know, last night was real huge. But being we're already talking about Raw, being we're breaking into Raw, why don't we just break into it officially and begin the Raw recap? It's time for your WNL Monday Night Raw recap with Don Brooks, the Brooks Father. everybody so raw came from new jersey last night and what a what a freaking crowd it was we open with obviously john cena he comes out with a new shirt and we are told that the rock won't be around because he tore a muscle in his abdomen now when we get to the news we're going to talk about that a little bit later there was a lot of freaking controversy about this a little bit of misinformation at the beginning i think but we'll get into that later Cena talks to the crowd and, you know, does his thing where he acknowledges that there are a lot of people out there who don't like him and says the champ is here and he wants to fight a number one contender tonight, no matter who it is, and put the title on the line. Out comes Mark Henry. And he says after he destroyed Ryback last night, Cena should be afraid and he'll accept the challenge. But Booker T comes out, sucker, and says, the Rock is entitled to a rematch, but The Rock suffered an injury. And Henry will get his shot if he can beat Cena in a non-title match tonight. Now, how the SmackDown, and I understand, I believe Henry's a SmackDown guy, if you can even tell them apart anymore. But I'm wondering how Booker T gets to make the decision on the Raw title. I don't know, man. I mean, I saw Booker come out, and you're right. The first thing I was thinking of, wait a minute, this is Raw. Where's Vicky Guerrero at? So, I don't know. I mean, I think everybody was still kind of caught up. I think they were still trying to, you know, kind of lead away from the fact that The Rock wasn't there tonight. They did allude to the fact, Booker did, that, you know, The Rock is still technically the number one contender for the WWE Championship. But with him being out on injury, they were trying to set something up with Mark Henry and Cena, which obviously led to the main event that was made for that night. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it, it, it turns out, a lot of just interesting things. I mean, I, I personally think if The Rock's not around, then Henry should be the number one contender. He did beat Ryback. 
This is true. But moving on, man, the Shield tweets they're going to have a big impact tonight on Raw. It'll be huge. And we have Biggie Langston versus Daniel Bryan. During the match, Dolph Ziggler and AJ interfere. Kane goes after Ziggler, and Big E throws Daniel Bryan at Kane. We once again see a human being used as a foreign object, and Big E goes over and gets the win. Now, I'm going to tell you this right now. There are two parts to this. Actually, there are three parts to this match I noticed. One, obviously, being before the match, as I think a few people have noticed, as Big E Langston is coming down the ring doing his little, you know, his little arm thrust thing, he actually smacks AJ right in the chest with his fist. Now, when I look back and saw this, because I completely missed this the first time through, the fact that AJ just gives him that, that gigglish look not only shows that, you know, hey, she can take that kind of a shot, but the fact that that also kind of plays in a little bit more to her crazy persona. I mean, you're getting thumped right in the chest by a dude the size of Biggie Langston, and you're just looking at him and grinning. That looks like some crazy shit right there. Well, she said today on Twitter, I think, something along the lines of, thank God my, my bra was padded or something. So, But someone took a screen cap, and I didn't notice this, where Big E is like, like, oh, shit, just for a second. You could tell. I mean, obviously, he didn't mean to do it. But still, you got to be careful, Big Man. If he would have hit her in the face, <laughs> she would have been in trouble. You know the funny thing, Bronx, that, string, that screen cap you're thinking of? Uh, I'm actually the one who threw that up there. Oh, okay, so credit to you. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, but even though this match was uh it was a pretty short match, the one the two things that I noticed, one you were talking about Daniel Bryan pretty much being used as a projectile. I was a little concerned when he took that tumble to the outside because it looked like he hit his shoulder pretty hard, but uh I'm, it looks like he was all right. I haven't heard any injuries about it. But even though it was short, I liked what they did with Langston. You know, it it was a it was a short match, but it also showed that he is legitimately good in the ring. Like, you know, he is the he does play the big powerful guy, but he plays it well. He really shows that he can actually bust some moves out in the ring. So I really enjoyed that about it. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of future in this uh, for this guy. I think he's got a big push coming at some point in the future. Um it might not be as long as you think. Let's let's see what they do, especially with all the other shit that's happened now. But here's the, the my what the fuck moment of the night, which I, I just, I've never understood this, and I've done it so many times. A rematch, uh, Wade Barrett versus The Miz for the Intercontinental title, and in what was a decent match, Wade Barrett, in a little more than 24 hours, wins back the IC title. So why'd you put it on The Miz in the first place? I, I, I've never understood that. You know, that threw me for a loop, and the one thing that is still pissing me off a little bit with the WWE if you've got guys who are going in for a championship match, why are you giving them the jobber entrance? If you want us to take interest in titles, especially one with as much prestige as the Intercontinental title, why are you just throwing the little jobber entrance in there? Every time we've seen that before, it's supposed to you usually get that with someone, you know, it was like a, 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 a nobody of, of, you know, one of the fresh people plucked from the indie scene or something like that. Why is it that you're not getting that you're not giving a proper introduction to the guy who's challenging for the belt? Well, I mean, it just goes harkening back to what we've been saying. They don't give a damn about that belt. I mean, I've just never understood. Okay, I understand what a transitional champion is, but a transitional champion's a week, two weeks, three weeks, a month. It's not twenty five fucking hours. I mean, c come on. I just, I. I kind of think it never should have gone off Barrett. I mean, my theory was 
I don't like the idea of putting the IC title on a former WWE champion, but they did it for one night only. I don't, I don't get it. Uh, <laughs> I, I love what I'm seeing in the chat room. They're saying that that happened just so we can get uh, Andy to swear on the air. Yeah, it could be. I mean, Andy is like, he's on cloud nine now. <laughs> and I wouldn't be surprised if he had something to do with it. I wouldn't put it past him. You know, power might've made a few phone calls. Who knows? He does have that power. He does. But Seamus is complaining to Vicky and says he wants the big show tonight after the shit that went down on Mania. Vicky says she'll give Seamus the match against the big show. And uh, Brad Maddox says, but Seamus will owe them one. So I don't know where the hell, if that's even going to be played out. Brad Maddox to me is just fucking horrible. Maybe he's supposed to be that way. But this leads to Randy telling Randy Orton, telling Booker T he wants the big show. But Booker can't do anything because Sheamus asked for the match. Now, Orton tells Booker, you can, you can overrule Vicky. Come on. You're a Hall of Famer, man. You're, you're a big man on campus. You can do whatever you want. And finally, Booker T says, all right, you have your match. Again, how does the SmackDown GM get to make a match, overrule the Raw managing whatever the hell she is? I just call her the GM. If you don't like it, fuck you. I can't even remember which brand all three of them are technically supposed to be on. And you've got both general managers kind of trying to book the same thing for different people on Raw. Yeah, I, it almost looks to me. At first I thought, and as the night went on, I thought maybe I was overthinking things. That they're maybe fixing to start some shit between Booker T and Vicky. But I don't know. I just don't know. Because I, I, I'd be pissed off if someone at my job overruled me yeah i was thinking the same thing actually but uh it's i guess it's going to be on a wait and see approach for right now well we have zeb coulter and jack swagger come out they want the crowd the crowd to chant usa when del rio comes out and now this is an interesting match del rio is supposed to fight a handicap match against zeb coulter and jack swagger and during a pretty damn good move Alberto Del Rio reverses the ankle lock into his arm bar and Jack Swagger taps out. But during this match, ADR seems to suffer a knee injury. He's having trouble with his knee and he does win the match, but he's pretty damn banged up. And as he is laying in the ring, the intended to by physicians, ladies and gentlemen, this happened. What a courageous effort by Del Rio. But Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yes. It's finally. Finally. Ziggler. He's going to cash it in with the finally. The money in the bank contract. He's waiting his time. He's cherry picked his moment. This is it. We're about to have us a new champion. He's ordering it.
So there you go. Finally, after months and months and months, the IWC is on cloud nine. The crowd in New Jersey went freaking berserk where I thought the roof was going to come off that place. But Dolph Ziggler, your new world heavyweight champion. Man, could you believe the pop that the crowd gave the like a split second that Ziggler's music hit? I mean, they blew the fuck up. Yeah, they went. Cra- and you know what I love? There's two things I love about this cast yet. And I, you can give want you to give your opinion on it. The first thing was I love the tease because I was in the chat room and everyone's going crazy. They delayed it. Because you see freaking ADR sitting up in the ring. The doctors are attending to him. And time goes by. Time goes by. Time goes by. And the crowd starts getting silent. And then they play Ziggler's music. And it was almost a Hogan-esque pop. Yeah, definitely. definitely. I mean, even even beyond that, I mean, just the, the eruption. I think the last time I heard the crowd that loud for somebody's music and them coming out was probably when The Rock first came back in early 2011. Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. When he was announced as the Raw, uh, excuse me, the WrestleMania, whatever he was, GM or uh, guest star. But, yeah, you're right. That <laughs> You're right. That probably is the last pop that I heard, like, on that level. I mean, it was just... I couldn't believe, and don't get me wrong, I marked out too, but I was surprised that a live crowd would have went that nuts for Ziggler. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So there you have it, man. Good for Dolph. Congratulations. I'm looking for him to keep this belt at least up to SummerSlam, at least I hope. Uh, We've been waiting long enough. I think he's going to make a great champ, and uh, good for him, man, finally. uh, Sorry, before we go on, there is one thing that I did notice because – it, it dawned on me right as Dolph had come out as to why this happened to that last night as opposed to WrestleMania. I think it was because of the fact that uh, obviously everybody was assuming that it was going to happen at Mania after the match, um, after the world title match. But it also made me think they did this last year also. If you think back to when everybody thought Jericho was leaving in the summertime and he beat Ziggler at SummerSlam – Right. And then the very next night on Raw, Ziggler won, and under those stipulations, Jericho's contract had been terminated. I think they did sort of the same thing last night, because obviously, you know, on on Mania, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a big scene for him to win the title. You know, the instant his music came on and he came out there, people, not just watching but also on social media, they were probably going nuts. You got to think that segment, the 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 three or four minutes that the match went on it probably hit a rating spike that they were looking for big time. Yeah, definitely. Shit. You know, now that, and again, I'm a guy who tends to overthink things. Sometimes even Trey and JJ tell me, but it almost makes me think that that little bit of delay where ADR was selling his knee injury was giving people time to call their friends and say, holy shit, Ziggler's about to cash in, turn on Raw. You know, you make a great point. I'd love to see the rating dynamics broken down for that segment. I'm sure it'll come up. And props to ADR for the selling. I mean, he legit looked freaking hurt on, on his leg and his ankle. So major props to him. You know, sometimes, you know, I read like my co-host from last week, the power Andy Knowles. He always has a problem with these cash-ins. But at least last night, I mean, the worst cash-in I think I, I remember seeing 
was when um, Daniel Bryan cast in. Th- that one was really, but what I like is ADR didn't, he still came out looking strong because he didn't make it easy for Ziggler. That little match there went on a good three, four minutes. And there was a point, and I love this reversal where Ziggler's in that arm bar and he knows to go after that knee. He attacks that knee and it forces Del Rio to break that hold. And then, of course, he hits Ziggler, hits his finisher, and that's it. That was a nice reversal. It's little subtleties like that that really make me respect Ziggler. Is it for two guys in the ring to have that wherewithal to remember an injury like that and to go after it? It's something as little as that, like twisting the ankle. Not only did that look effective as hell, but I mean, really, that was just a great bit of ring psychology that Ziggler pulled off, and it worked to perfection. No pun intended. Ziggler was born twenty years too late. Ziggler, Ziggler's a throwback. Ziggler's old school. He's one of those fucking guys who just wants to, to, and that's why I like him because he, you can tell he wants to go out there and he's, he's probably one of those real, real sticklers for detail. And you don't, I mean, how many times do we see a guy tweak a knee and 10 minutes later he's selling the wrong knee? <laughs> good point. Good point. You know, but congrats to Dolph Ziggler. Uh, we move on. This was interesting. The Undertaker comes out. He starts to talk about dedicating last night's match, meaning at WrestleMania 29, to Paul Bearer. But the Shield interrupts him. They surround the ring, and it looks like they're getting ready to start some trouble. But Daniel Bryan and Kane come out, and the Shield powders and gets the hell out of there. So I like now. I've already seen the IWC going nuts that at the next pay-per-view we might see the Shield versus the brother brothers of destruction and daniel bryan fuck yeah i'm down with that oh absolutely i mean i i I know this picture a few of these pictures have been going on online of taker daniel bryan and kane up on the ramp doing the fist in the air i mean that was that was a great moment and you know everybody is doing these random team ups and people are thinking up uh thinking up uh names for them i think i've got a good team for this i mean we've already got kane and taker well, you throw Daniel Bryan in there, why not a dual name? You got the Brothers of Destruction and the Goatface Killer. <laughs> wow. Man. Don't, be telling me, don't be telling me you couldn't see like the two of them on the side and you see like a, an image of like a, a goat face like up in flames or some shit like that with lightning coming down on a t-shirt. And a goat fits. A goat sometimes was used in, in ancient times as an evil symbol. So you got two of the evilest guys on the roster, Taker and, and Kane, and now you've got their, their goat. He could be kind of like their symbol of evil. Yeah, it could work. I, I, I hope the Taker hangs around for one more pay-per-view. If he can do the next pay-per-view, I'd be real happy. Because I think this is a six-man look. The buzz is already there. If I would think if Taker wasn't planning on wrestling another one, they wouldn't have teased it. Yeah, as long as as long as like there's no any kind of injuries that pop up for any of the guys, this could be a huge match at Extreme Rules. And you're talking about the three guys in the Shield who we know can go. Kane can still go. Daniel Bryan. I won't even finish that sentence. So. <laughs> Those are five guys who can do the majority of the work. Taker doesn't need to be in there that much. You bring him in just maybe towards the end for the big pop, and he can he can kind of kind of rest up a little bit during that match and not be the focal you know focal point of it. I say do it. How how jealous can some people be of the Shield and Daniel Bryan? I mean, you look at you look at the Shield. 
the the matches they've had on pay per views, TLC, Elimination Chamber, and WrestleMania two days ago, the have been competing against over the past few months. I mean, these guys have been rubbing elbows with the upper echelon of a lot of the guys who have been around for years, and they've been getting some impressive victories over them. And now you've got Daniel Bryan in here tagging with the two most mythically dominant guys of the past 15 years. I mean, this is, I mean, this is, this has got to be great for all four of those young guys. Oh, they're going places. They're there. There's no doubt in my mind. Them, them, them guys are going places. And every time they're in the ring, they bust their ass like they want it. So definitely, I mean, I, I agree, but now we have, this is noteworthy. They have, uh, interview with Dolph Ziggler and he says he's been too I love this he's been too damn good for too damn long even though it's a day late this is my Wrestlemania moment and it's about damn time and I'm gonna take my belt shine it up and proceed to show off and he walks off just great short sweet and to the fucking point not even like 10-15 minutes after the victory and he still has that that elitist, I am better than you. I will show off and back it up mentality. And it, it you got to think it's going to be growing over the next few weeks and months, the longer he has that belt. Well, I mean, it, it almost reminds me, the first thing I, I thought about when he cut that promo, and Trey would appreciate this, is Trey's intro music. And it's true. It ain't bragging if you back it up. And he backed it up. So, yeah, you have the right to talk shit now. It, this made me wonder if the uh, Armageddon date was really misplaced and it was supposed to be last night because we have the three-man band versus R-Truth, Santino Morella, and Zack Ryder. And here's what really scared me. R-Truth, Santino, and Ryder win, which means technically it wasn't a singles, but for the first time in many moons, Kimosabi Fucking Zack Ryder got a win. <laughs> and not just that, Santino was someone who got the pinfall. Yeah. I mean, if you're, oh man, it was like last night to me. I know we, a lot of times we, we make the dumb mistake of saying, oh, you killed somebody like with, with Ryback at WrestleMania. First thing we all said, oh, they killed Ryback. But the three MB, man, they're just, I don't see them ever getting out of that low. I guess you would, you have mid-card, main event. I guess you would call them just curtain jerkers, jobbers. I, I don't see either of these guys ever making it too big. But you know what? I know what a lot of people will say. They're getting paid, so fuck it. Yeah, and you know, it was you know, it was a throwaway match, but it was still it was a good match. Everybody got some great offense in. It was everybody did a good job. I mean, you know, it was kind of like the cool down match, as we see. I mean. You went from Ziggler winning the title right into Undertaker and the Shield and Hell No, so proud of chance to relax. But it was still a great match to watch. Oh yeah, it wasn't a horrible match. I mean, and that's 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 a sad thing. All six of those guys have talent. I'm not going to take away anything. Ryder's decent in the ring. Santino's decent in the ring. Truth is good. Three MB. All of them are, are pretty damn good. It's just the gimmicks, man. It, doesn't matter how good you are, a gimmick will freaking kill you. And that's kind of what's happening. But, you know, like you said, a nice match. To I think they were trying to get that crowd down, and they failed miserably. Because we see Orton and Sheamus arguing. Both want the big show. But Sheamus basically says, look, I got this. And he walks away. Big Show is interviewed and says, 
you know what? No one trusted him. I tagged myself, and he made some good points. I tagged myself in to prove I would, could get it done. I was tired of waiting on the apron. But you know what? I'm never going to let anyone bring me down anymore, and the only thing that's important to me is me. I thought that was a good promo by Big Show. Yeah, I think that was I think that was following uh the the match at WrestleMania on uh Sunday and yeah, he definitely he definitely put that point across. The only person that's important to Big Show is Big Show. So, I think we're going to be seeing that that same, you know, bad attitude just, you know, wreck everything giant that we've been seeing um since mid last year. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I mean, he made some valid points though. You know, I mean, shit. Yeah. I'm the biggest, baddest guy on the team, and you're just going to let me stand there waiting? Yeah, not happening. Right. I mean, you know, they, you, he wanted to get in and assert himself, and he did. So, you know, I don't know whether we'll see where this is leading, but we have Sheamus in the ring, and he asked the crowd who wants to see him kick the big show's ass tonight, and the crowd cheers. They would have cheered anything. And then Sheamus, I mean, excuse me, Orton comes in, and says, who wants to see me kick the big show's ass? And, of course, the crowd cheers. Now, we'll get to vote on this via Twitter during the commercial break on who will face the big show. When we come back, the poll is pretty much even. So Vicky and Booker T come out, and Booker says he's talked to Vicky. They've come up with a fair and impartial way to decide this. Sheamus will fight Orton, and whoever wins gets to fight the big show, which is really cool because we have that match, Sheamus versus Randy Orton, and the crowd, this is, this is where we talk off air about this, how the crowd kind of, and I understand people's perception, shit on this match because they gave it no reaction. They were too busy chanting Olay, doing the wave, chanting for King, Michael Cole, and JBL. They chanted for RVD. And finally, while this match is going on, the big show comes out and just kills both men. I mean, I don't know how else you say it. Randy Orton gets knocked the fuck out. Sheamus gets thrown into the post, and Randy Orton seemed to take the majority of this. He's beaten down horribly outside by the announce table. So you guys wanted the big show. You got him. Man, I'm I'm going to tell you right now, the the crowd had me so... They had, they had me dying for the whole match. I mean, yeah, you know, obviously I felt a little bad for Sheamus and Orton. But, you know, I, I think it was just, um, like I was saying, it might have just been kind of a, a scenery reaction. Like, maybe it's just a lot of the same old stuff that they've been seeing before, and they just, they just weren't, weren't really, you know, having it. It was like an old, it was like an old ECW crowd. They were, you know, chanting what they wanted to chant. They paid the money for the tickets. They wanted to chant what they want to chant. I mean, it's not exactly a good sign when, you're getting the chance for all three of the ring announcers, yes, including Michael Cole, and from what I'm hearing, even Justin Roberts. There was a Mike Kyoto chant. I loved the El Generico Ole chants. That was just, that was awesome. The wave, the Randy Savage chant. That, that and the fact that they chanted Randy Savage, and then the camera looks back at Orton, and he's looking at the crowd like, what the fuck? No trade. Here's the best part, bro. They start chanting RVD, and King is like. I can't understand what they're saying. Because <laughs> obviously at that they don't have them signed yet, so they wanted to make light of that shit. Well, I don't know what they're saying. No. Everyone, there were about 30 motherfuckers in the chat room. Every person understood exactly what they were saying, but King just happened to miss it. 
Well, I thought they started chanting at first because RVD was in the crowd, which I thought was why the crowd was doing all those random chants. They were just getting a contact high off them. I couldn't really tell. Yeah, you, when you posted that shit in Facebook last night, that was that was line of the night. Now, the whole crowd got contact high from RVD. I mean, I, you I, know I, he could pull it off. Oh yeah, it might have been free beer night. Who the hell knows? <laughs> but now, man, a character who's starting to grow on me a little bit, and this this. This was crazy. Fan Fan Dong Go versus Kofi Kingston. This match lasts for about a point five seconds when Jericho comes out and decides that Fan Dango owes him about ten thousand dollars and he's gonna beat it out of him. <laughs> so he beats the living shit out of Fan Dango for about four minutes. I mean, Jericho lays waste to this kid. And then your winner by DQ is Fandango. And this was just too good for the Bronx father to pass up. As a result of a disqualification, Fandango. You still won? It's Fandango. I love JBL at the end. This kid is nuts. <laughs> Man, there were two parts to this match and post-match that I love. The first thing that nobody caught, I don't think, was after the after one of the initial lockups with Kofi, as Fandango kind of ducks under the rope, right to the corner of the screen behind Fandango. With one of the tricks that he had done during a Jericho match a week or so ago, you see two people in the crowd holding up like the scoring cards like they have on Dancing with the Stars, like grading the match. I cracked up when I saw that just in the corner. And then what seems to be the yes chant of 2013 during this match, after this match, after leaving the arena. And if you go to somewhere where there's usually a lot of wrestling fans, you odds are you'll probably hear it right now. The entire crowd humming Fandango's theme and doing like the little Urkel finger dance up in the air. It was it was nuts, man. I I don't think I've heard any wrestler's theme hummed or sung since the Sandman from the first one night stand back in 2005. I could not believe it. Yeah, I mean, that was and it's it's starting a trend because even today. When I was getting stuff ready for the show tonight, I'm sitting in front of my computer. I'm like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. then I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I mean, if you don't think this is going to carry over to other crowds, you're crazy. And you know what? We, when you can do something that the crowd can participate in and feel a part of, you go over. So I think that if I'm Fandango right now, I ain't pissed. Now, here's one thing I'm kind of wondering. With the whole fact that they started the yes thing from last year, are they going to do the same thing with Fandango that they did with Daniel Bryan? Like, they're going to have him, like, you know, get mad at the crowd and saying, you know, don't hum my music, only I can dance to this. Because, uh, I mean, it, it definitely gets him over. They could obviously do that with him as a heel. I mean, the only... The only way I can really see him ever as a face is if they kind of have him keep the dancing thing, but they kind of turn him kind of comedic like they've done with Santino, 
which you know, I don't think anybody wants to go down that route. I just kind of think if they want to keep him as a heel and keep you know the heat on him, but keep the crowd interacted with him, that's something they could do. Just have just keep on going with the whole humming thing and crowd say, "You cannot say my name right, and you cannot you cannot hum my music." That is what I used to dance. Well, what's going to happen is if you remember Armando Estrada, what started happening was he started out as a heel. And something that pissed off the WWE, which to this day I think is stupid, is when he would come out and do that whole gimmick with his name, the fans started finishing it for him because he did it so well and it got so over. What's going to happen is Fandango's going to start coming out, picking up the mic, saying, you can't say my name right. It's And before he can say it, the crowd's going to cut him off and scream his name. And yeah. I agree with you. Sell it that he's pissed off. No, you're all saying it wrong. And and do something like this. There's 17,538 people in the arena. Have Fandango memorize that exact number. All, whatever number I just said, I already fucking forgot. <laughs> However, if you are all saying my name wrong, this whole arena. I, for the first time last night, I saw potential in this gimmick. A lot of people giving me shit over it, but I don't care. You know, I actually saw the potential for it at Mania. I mean, the match he had with Jericho up until the, the later on matches, I thought that was match of the night. I thought it was a really good match they had on Sunday. And then the beat down, he, like you said, that he took from Jericho last night, getting thrown over the top rope and hitting the floor hard, getting tossed into the into the steel steps, the, the walls of Jericho that he had locked on for about a minute or so and even that code breaker and just selling it at the end trying to say his name i i think he's gonna have a, a great career here in wwe with with this gimmick even he sold that code breaker almost the way kurt angle used to sell the stone cold stunner <laughs> i mean he sold the shit out of that code breaker so i'm seeing potential i'm seeing a guy who can sell a guy who's been you know, given a gimmick that for all intents and purposes should suck, but it's starting to get over a little bit. And he's a guy who can go in the ring. And, and that, that whole thing at the end last night is what sealed it for me, where, where he had the balls to still worry about his name after getting beat up. I thought that was brilliant. I, I forget who said it, but I think I th I'm pretty sure this is a, a, a quote that's gone around. The best can make any gimmick work. It, it, I might be paraphrasing a little bit, but I'm certain I've heard that before. And if that's the case, who knows, Van Dingo could wind up being one of the best in a long time for the E. Well, I mean, real quick, I'm going to sidetrack it for one bit. You're hired to the WWE. You're going to dress up in white face paint, pretend that you're a zombie, and pretend that you've been an undertaker all these years who's decided to bury people and then get into wrestling. Think about it. Who else could have pulled that gimmick off? When I say it like that, it sounds so ridiculous that if you're not a wrestling fan, you laugh your ass off until you see The Undertaker's entrance and then you shut up. Very true. You know, just, just, just a quick point. Triple H has shown getting an x-ray of his arm and it might that break that he had twice might have been aggravated, but he's okay. And Heyman is interviewed. He says he insults the Jersey crowd, says ignorance is bliss in Jersey. And Lesnar, and I read this was legit, that he got knocked out during the match but still went on. And uh, Heyman makes fun of how Brock smashed HBK's face. 
and Triple H is still getting x-rays. Lesnar is ready for a fight tonight, but I don't let my man fight for free. And as far as CM Punk goes, he'll tell you how he feels next week, which really pissed the crowd off. Man, when Paul Heyman can get cheers like that, even with the ECW chance earlier, I mean, you know how beloved he was around that area. And the fact that he could, get, he could pull off that heat with Lesnar with the whole my client doesn't fight for free line. And then when everybody is thinking we're going to get to see Punk, and then he does that little thing, CM Punk will, will speak. Next week on Raw, the crowd just, oh, like, you motherfucker. <laughs> well, there's little things he does. It's like I could imagine, <clears throat> excuse me, I could imagine Heyman sitting at dinner with his wife and her asking him, hey, what's going on on Raw tonight? And him just telling his wife casually, well, tonight, Brock Lesnar is going to come to the ring and then I'm going to do this. But then Brock Lesnar is going to... Even in defeat, he still had to sell that. Heyman is, I think, one of the top 10 talkers in the business. He ranks right up there with the best of all time. And he's just always been one of my faves. He, he is just a brilliant, brilliant microphone artist. Dude, I agree wholeheartedly. Like, like you said, you cannot really see Brock Lesnar without hearing Paul Heyman introduce him like that. Brock Lesnar. Like, he, he has that down pat. Yeah, definitely, definitely, man. I, I, I love me some Paul Heyman. When he was a baby face, not so much. I, I think, you know, whenever he's a baby face, he says he wears the baseball cap. So that's how you know. But I don't buy it. I buy him as a heel. I think he should remain a heel until the day he fucking decides to never be on TV again. We shall see. We shall see. But our next match, Damian Sandow, Cody Rhodes, and the Bellas. Now, this was the match we were supposed to get at Mania versus Brodus Clay, Sweet Tea, Naomi, and Cameron. And our baby faces go over. I mean, not too eventful a match. I think it was the WWE's way of saying, look, we legit kind of feel bad. You guys didn't get your airtime. And I believe it was Michael Cole even mentioned this match was supposed to happen on Mania, but, but couldn't. And, you know, okay, at least they got it in last night. Not bad. Had a little bit of a cat fight. It, this was more of a fun match than anything to get you ready for the main event. Well, you know, just like the six-man tag, I mean, you know, it was, it was kind of like another cool-down match. But, again, like the six-man tag, it was good. I mean, I'm loving the fact that, you know, even though we're – except for this match, I don't think we really saw anything with the Divas last night. I love still how they're putting Naomi over. I mean, that girl has some legit skills in the ring. And whenever whenever this this, this Funkadactyl's gimmick kind of, you know, you know, goes away and she starts getting some some singles competition, I think she's gonna be a, a big player in the Divas division. And, you know, even though even though it was kind of throwaway, there was still a lot of there's still a few good points in the match. It was short, but you know, it had some entertaining moments. Oh, it was fun. I, I got to say, another guy who I think one guy enhances the other because alone they were kind of, eh. I'm kind of liking this Sweet Tea Brodus Clay deal. I, I love freaking Sweet Tea comes out with that fucking hat, and he dances better than Brodus. That's the sad thing. <laughs> oh, man. The, 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 the pinstripe suits from last night? Holy crap. I love it. I love it. I have no problem with it. I, I think it's funny. There's always going to have to be something for the kids, some comic relief. And again, they're getting paid. So 
I don't have a problem with it. Now, as if the night wasn't shocking enough, John Cena versus Mark Henry. Of course, if Mark Henry goes over, he gets his number one contendership. In what was a late starting and pretty short match, John Cena wins via countout. And everybody went freaking crazy, myself included, really. You just killed what was a great Raw. But Mark Henry starts attacking the shit out of Cena after the match. And out comes our hero, L-Train. Ryback comes out for the save. He takes out Mark Henry. He helps Cena up. They shake hands. And just as we think we're about to fade to black, Ryback hits Cena with the meat hook clothesline and then the shell shock to see Ryback remaining in the ring over a knocked out Cena looking like he's ready to kill everyone in the arena. And that's how we fade to black. Great ending. For, and I'll just say this before I, I let you give your commentary on it. For all those who say, oh, Ryback just went heel. No, he didn't. Ryback's not heel. Ryback is just a big, bad motherfucker who's tired of getting screwed over, and he wants that title. That's all that was last night. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I was, I was very vocal about this. I did not like the ending of the Mark Henry Ryback match at Mania. I thought it was dumb. I couldn't believe that was how Ryback lost. And then for him to come back 24 hours later, get that little bit of payback on Henry, and then just blast Cena with that meat hook clothesline. Like he, he hit it with that meat hook so good. There's still parts of Cena that I think are being hung up in Delhi somewhere around New Jersey. I mean, he leveled him with that shit. And then with, and then with that little little kind of FU uh, uh, hand sign that he threw him and then holding up the title. And like you said, it wasn't really a heel turn because you could, the crowd was still throwing the feed me more chance in. And you could just see the intensity. The I, I think it was Cena who had said that when he, when Ryback first fought Punk at Hell in a Cell, this guy he doesn't he doesn't care about the title. He just wants to be a wrecking machine. Well, now Cena, from what we saw last night, Ryback has that focus, and unfortunately, that focus is on you and that WWE Championship. And he made it pretty crystal clear he wants it. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, how many times have we heard the same promo for numerous champions? A guy loses the belt, he walks up to the new champ, shakes his hand, and says, "You know what? Yeah, you won." But have fun because you got a target on your back. <laughs> you know, classic, classic. But all in all, man, letter grades, I'll let you go first. What do you give Raw last night? You know, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be shocking a few people. I'm giving Raw last night an A+. I, it was the best show I have seen probably in the past two or three years. I loved everything about it. it there, was, there was not a bad match on the card. The, the to say the crowd was lively would be an understatement. I mean, I, I don't know what the residual effects are going to be from a whole lot of the, the, the future audiences that are going to be going to a lot of the shows. I mean, who knows what's going on at the SmackDown tapings tonight. But, I mean, last night, this, was the, this I think, was the very first three-hour Raw that you were entertained all the way throughout. So, yeah, for me, A-plus without a doubt. Wow. You know, I was hoping that I could shock the world, and but you kind of beat me to it. I think for the first time, and I'd have to go back and listen to every show, 
for the first time since JJ and Trey allowed me to come on as first the Raw recapper, I got to agree with you. I give Raw an A+. I was thoroughly entertained. I even said in the chat room, if they would have made an announcement Raw was going to go on one more hour, I wouldn't have minded. Man, I, I would I would wonder what they would be uh, pulling off then. But, uh, I mean, they, they gave us so much stuff last night that you, you want to see what's going to be happening next week on Raw, which is what should be happening. You see one week and you wonder what's going to happen the next week. With everything that went on, I think there's a lot of people who are going to be tuning in to find out what's going to happen. You got the everything with the Shield and Team Hell No and Taker. You got this new thing with Ryback now, with Cena. I mean, there's so much stuff that's going on right now. And that's that's the way it should be. Yeah, I mean, definitely. And, you know, it's it's everyone says it's a new booking season for WWE. And it is. It's almost like you felt. The change last night, the change of direction with Ziggler winning the title. And now you've got possibly the Brothers of Destruction back together, Kane and, and, and The Undertaker. So they did a lot of stuff last night. Fandango and, and Jericho is still new. I think they're going to have at least one more pay-per-view match. I wouldn't mind seeing that. The Shield, a new focus for them. You know, screwing with some guys that they haven't screwed with before. Having the nerve, the audacity to try to go after The Undertaker. Um, and I don't have that much of a problem, you know, with, with Cena having the the title either. It's it's really okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's, I think I'm a little curious about, if and I, and I was hoping to get JJ's opinion on this. Hopefully, he'll uh, touch on it when he when he comes back. Um, the fact that they might be leading to John Cena versus Ryback at Extreme Rules. You know, over the over the past few months, we've heard that you know when Cena wins the belt from Rocket Mania, he might hold it till SummerSlam, and then he could put Ryback over there. If they go this route of Cena versus Ryback at Extreme Rules, I'm wondering if that helps Ryback or if it hurts Cena more. Because I'm I'm thinking if they have this, there's there's possibly a good chance the scene is going to retain, and yeah, that that helps with this whole redemption thing. Like you know he's back he's back in the saddle he's back, you know on that on that focus path. But then you also think that this is going to be what the sixth or seventh pay per view in a row that Ryback has lost at, and with the, with the fact that they just that they just put him on this on this on this wrecking path last night with that attack on Cena. I don't know if that would be a good thing, but I also think it might be too early. If you put the belt on him right now, I would think you would want to have him go over Cena, but you'd want to make sure Cena has, you know, he's gotten a few more victories on pay-per-view. So that way, if that does happen at SummerSlam, if it does, then Ryback is a made man because he just took out the guy who's been on top for the past few years and is also the current WWE champion and has been taking out every other contender that's been in his path up until that point. I agree. Uh, you have no regrets so far about tonight, right? Uh, about tonight? No, man. no, hell no. Are you, you kidding regret, me? You don't regret cashing in? Oh, heck no, man. I mean, shoot, I, I was so I was ecstatic about Mania. And even though the whole issue with the stream happened, I'm telling you right now, just watching the show and just kicking it with you and uh, Trey and Brassi on Skype, it was just a great time having fun. And the fact that uh, the fact that I'm getting to do this tonight, I mean... I mean, holy crap. Well, you're doing a great job, but the reason I ask you that is shit just got real because, ladies and gentlemen, he is 
the founder and co-host of Wrestling News Live. He is the outlaw of the IWC, the man that many fear but all respect. Right now, he is off the leash. The Trey Dog is in the house. Guess who's back? Well, actually, for once, I agree with you guys on your, your letter grade for Raw. Um, I watched the show last night under the impression that the creative team had to hurry and rewrite the show due to The Rock leaving and all the BS that was circulating around that. And I thought to myself for the first time in many, 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 many episodes of Raw, that was what Monday Night Raw used to feel like when you couldn't predict the next move, when you didn't know what was going to happen next, when, you know, people were cashing in, people were calling people out. You know, it was a, it was a great episode of Raw. One of those that you walk away from it, like you said, Broxy, one another hour would have been okay. You know, when it was over with, the first time that I can think of since they went three hours, I thought to myself, wow, I I didn't realize that it was, you know, 10 o'clock my time and it was time to be over with. You know, I looked at the clock when uh, tons of funk were coming to the ring and I said, wow, they've got 15 minutes left. That flew by quick. Well, flew by quick because I was entertained. Now, granted, I was also flipping during the commercial breaks. But, with that being said, as far as the show itself is concerned, I was thoroughly entertained. One of the best roles I've seen, and I can, I can honestly say in years. Yeah, I mean, definitely. It, it was, it, that's how I judge. That's almost how I go by my letter grades, is I use my clock. If I look at the clock and I'm bitching, oh, God, there's an hour and a half left to this shit. God, please kill me. You know, then I know I'm not enjoying it and, and it's going to get a bad letter grade. But if I look at my clock and say, oh, shit, 10 more minutes. Are you kidding me? This is just getting good. That's how we used to feel. And we felt it last night. True. L-Train, how are you, buddy? I'm doing good, man. Um, I, I really can't believe I'm on here right now, man. I never thought in a million years I'd be getting to co-host wrestling news live i mean this is i mean like are i said you, on Sunday, this is a big honor are you broadcasting live from a porta potty somewhere in california <laughs> no i'm actually in a nice uh, location i got a laptop kicked up i got the headset on and i'm hey i'm just trying to keep up with you in bronx man you know i remember the days back when jsk and i started this and I was telling a friend uh, today about, you know, what we do and, you know, what this network does and what it was all about. And 
and, and, and basically just kind of, you know, explaining things. And, uh, I kind of got choked up and I was like, wow, it's really been a young adult's lifetime since we started this. And when I thought about tonight's show and I knew you were coming on or hoped you were, hoped you were going to be able to make it. Um, I, I thought to myself, you know, how many people have come through, and when I say mine, I don't mean me personally, but just it's the best way I can explain it, so just go, go with it. How many people have come through my doors? my chat room and fuck yes matt adams hell yeah cardinals just took a two-run lead all right how many people (laughs) have come through my doors or come through my house as a first-time listener um and then gone on to do their own thing or get their foot in the door hosting something here or have done their own thing in the past you know like i mean going back to just i i can't even name them all there's been so many and to me i guess if it all ended tomorrow that would be the perfect perfect finale knowing that you know people who never thought they would be wearing a headset hosting a show have done that and gone on to enjoy some of them have award-winning shows on other networks now and i take pride in that i would like to see more of it happen You know, I know JJ says all the time, don't bug us and, you know, hammer us with all these great ideas you have. And, you know, when we think you're ready, we'll come to you. And Bronxy and I were talking off air before L-Train ever came on. And we said both think this guy, if he had the right setup and could commit, would be a great co-host for a show. And, well, brother, you're auditioning on the biggest one of the network. So good luck and enjoy it, dude. I th- I thank you, man. Those those are words that I take to heart, especially coming from you, man. I mean, I didn't. I never said this. I didn't get to say this on uh, on the WrestleMania show. I had t- I had mentioned this to Bronx um, after Rake Mania had ended. Like you know, he had been listening since around 2010. I've been listening since 2011. And on Sunday, we were actually getting to call a show for Wrestle Frickin Mania along with you. And Sunday night, it was also the two years since the first time you and I had ever spoken. Like, the first time, when I called into WrestleMania 27, that was the first time I'd ever talked to you voice-to-voice. You know, you'd asked how I'd found out, because, you know, that was the night that uh, Rigo 44 managed to get the WrestlingNewsLive.tk sign seen on the pay-per-view live. And, you know, I mentioned how I had had gotten introduced to the network, thanks for Crelly, and, 
you know, it's been two plus years. I've been listening ever since. I've been a I've been a loyal fan, and hell, I've loved every show that I've got that I've caught on that I've caught on to. Well, it's it's very. I want to let the listeners know. Go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry, Trey. I was just going to say it's very rare when people put up a phrase. And 90% of the time, it turns out to be bullshit. And that's been my experience in life. But the day JSK, who didn't even realize what he had stumbled upon, said, for the fans, by the fans. Well, the second part is by the fans. Most of the people who have come on this network, I, I can I can sit here and name guys off and count them out one by one, who were listeners, who were fans. And first, the show was for them. And when they got into it, the show became by them. So that phrase was the best thing you ever, you guys ever could have came up with. Actually, I don't want to burst JSK's bubble, but I came up with that at work. <laughs> that was, that was, I, I thought JSK came up with it. I don't know why. No, just like the name when I said, we're going to call the show. I don't know. We're going to have a name. <laughs> It just be two dumbasses talking wrestling. Why not? <laughs> For the same reason I don't call fishing shows two guys fishing, you dumb shit. That was how that conversation went. So anyway, I'm glad to have the L train and, and you know maybe you can find a spot for you somewhere here because I think you got a good, you know, radio voice. I think you got, you know, a good presence. And uh, I'm always looking for someone to step up and take the next step. But we'll we'll discuss all that off the air another time, another place. Um, I do want to let you guys know when JJ gets back, he doesn't even know this yet. We were talking about adding some features to the show and adding some new things and bringing back some old due to the Bronx father, and he he brought this up. He wants to bring back Rapid Fire, a very old segment from back in the day on Wrestling News Live. And we agreed to do that. We're going to try to bring back Rapid Fire. Also, to help you get to know your hosts. I think, you know, by now we're all family. You know, you listen to us every week, be it live, be it archived. You spend your time, you invest your time to listen to what we have to say each and every week. And what I want to do is let you get to know us better. Not the guys that wear the headsets. So we're also going to come up with a segment that we'll do not every week, but once in a while called to tell the truth where you, the listeners, can call into the show and ask us a question about anything. Anything. Now, here's the deal. We all have one free pass. Once you ask a question, if we pass on it, you can't ask it again. Nobody else can call in with the same question or ask it in a different way if dead once we pass on it. How? We only have one pass, so we have to use it wisely. But this will be a way to call in and get us to tell the truth and get to know us a little bit better. What do you think about that, Ramsey? Uh, one pass? 
I mean, this could open up a Use whole... Use it wisely. This could open up a whole can of fucking worms you don't want to open, but if, <laughs> if, if you want... If I'm down with it, I'll give it a shot. Yeah, it sounds interesting. Now, of course, you know, be respectful. Don't do anything that's going to, you know, cause any trouble. You know, don't call in and ask shit, you know, that we can't answer. That's... Come on, be respectful. However... It could be funny. Could be interesting. Bronzy, what do you got? What do you got lined up for the rest of the show? Well, I think we should take our first commercial break, man. And when we come back, I got man. Not surprisingly, two words for you. Well, yeah, suck it. But quite a bit of news. <laughs> well, quite a bit of news as well. And after we get through with the news, now I promised JJ I'd save all of these or most of these until he comes back next week, but. It was funny. I have proof today that God has a sense of humor because something happened today that relates to JJ and Harmony and Colin coming to visit me that was is just so great. I can't believe that this shit actually happened. So with that being said, Trey, yeah, I mean, let's take a commercial break. Catch our breaths. It was a great roar. We were all excited last night and hopefully WWE, please, God, let them keep it up. But we'll be right back, man. More Wrestling News Live right here. The three-man band, baby, on the SNS Radio Network. This is Raven, NWA World Heavyweight Champion. You're listening to Wrestling News Live. The hosts are kind of stupid, but hey, what the hell? WrestlingOnline.com, the official news source of Wrestling News Live. You're looking for the latest news in the world of MMA and professional wrestling. Log on to www.wrestling-online.com and sign up for the largest and longest-running newsletter on the Internet today with over 26,000 subscribers and over 3,000 issues. And the best part, just like WNL, it's free! Once again, that's www.wrestlingonline.com. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Wrestling Radio Tips on how to host your very own wrestling radio show. Wrestling Radio Tip 101, take listener phone calls. Here's how it works. You set up a phone line, and when a listener calls in, you answer just like this. All right, let's let's go back to the phone lines. Welcome to Wrestling News Live. Who's this? What? Welcome to Wrestling News Live. Who's this? What? Welcome to Wrestling News Live. Who's this? Okay. <laughs> I I don't really follow Hulk Hogan because I, I just kind of find him up to be a, a washed up douchebag. The skeet 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 skeet. It's it, it's been booming in the warehouse with with Sincata just starting in WWE. The t-shirts and the masks have been up in the sky, of, you know. So your tennis shoes are in the side. I told Julio to hold up on them. All they have to wait for the shoelaces to come in in the bottom sole. What? 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 Ah, <laughs> that's the last thing you want. <laughs> okay. Well, what you gonna do, brother? 
Well, I just take off my shirt. Yeah! Say my prayers. Eat my vitamins. Yeah! Say no to the holy god. And I'm gonna go after you, brother. Yeah! Yeah! What you gonna do when the two-inch pythons run wild on you? <laughs> Bye, nigga! You're listening to Wrestling News Live. What's up, guys and gals? This is Sensational Sequel, Sensational Sean, right here with you. You can catch myself and Ashley, yes, that is his name, on the open book every Friday night at 11 p.m. Eastern Time. You'll catch us doing video games, the open book, fantasy, EFET, and movie and entertainment news. So check us out every Friday at 11 p.m. Eastern Time at snsradionetwork.com. Come check us out. Let's go to our ring announcers. Wrestling fans, your ring announcer here, Sean Beckerman, and I'm proud to present to you the Pro Wrestling Nostalgia Podcast that's taking the IWC by storm beyond the bell. On each edition, we cover a different theme, taking you back in time to relive the greatest and worst in professional wrestling. We go behind the mic, where you will get backstage stories from the perspective of a pro wrestling ring announcer on the independent circuit. Find out what it was like to announce some of the greatest stars in pro wrestling history and the funny stories behind the scenes. And we wrap it all up with old school wrestling music. So tune in to Beyond the Bell each and every week on the SNS Radio Network. And I'll see you at the matches. It's go time! <laughs> Hey, this is Trish Stratus, and you're listening to Wrestling News Live. Keep listening, because Stratisfaction is guaranteed right here on the SNS Radio Network. All right, welcome back to Wrestling News Live right here on the SNS Radio Network. I am the trade dog, and I can neither confirm nor deny that I am the father of Trish Stratus's baby as she's being inducted into the Hall of Fame on television tonight on the USA Network. Um, I'm under the impression we're not going to see any of it. So I'm a little bummed out by that. I guess we'll find out. I'm DVRing it right now as I'm watching the Cardinal game, but I'm not alone, ladies and gentlemen. Joining me, as always, the Bronx father, Tony Mirabella, and L-Trade himself on the show, cashed in his roulette ticket for WrestleMania. We shit our pants on the WrestleMania broadcast, so we thought we'd bring him on and let him do Wrestling News Live, and uh, he's done a great job. Back to the show, guys. Yeah, man. You know, you... uh you cash it in, man. You never know. It could turn out like Ziggler. You might hit a home run, baby. Maybe that was the thing. Maybe I maybe I was suffering like Ziggler was. I was picking the wrong times like every time he got messed up. And then I guess I should have waited until after he cashed in because I guess that's when it worked out. Yeah. Luck what do you guys think about this Hall of Fame thing? Um, does anybody really know what's going to go on tonight? Because I'm under the impression it's going to be San Martino, Foley, and Trump. And that's all they're going to show on television. 
Man, uh, I read today, maybe Train knows better. I mean, I read they were going to have like three or four inductions. At first, Foley was supposed to be cut out totally, and everyone went nuts, and rightfully so. And now right. it turns out they're going to shorten everyone's speech, like they did to Triple H that year when he inducted Sean. He ended up looking stupid because it was just so cut. You know what? I went off on this last week. This company has more money than, than, than God. Just show the whole fucking thing. Do we really need to buy a DVD? That just, it just pisses me off. You know what, Vince? The extra million, you know, you can keep the carpeting in your bedroom for another fucking week. Really? Oh, God, guys. Well, to, to give a little play-by-play, uh, Foley is setting up for, I believe we heard about this, the big elbow on uh, Chris Jericho. His <laughs> Jericho is lying down on the stage. And there it is. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's um, one of the highlights of the night for sure. CM Punk counting the one, two, three. Um, I want to get JJ's thoughts on this Hall of Fame thing because he was there, him and Harmony were there live. And I said this before even posted it and i haven't spoke to jj since before he left so the fact that he and i are on the same brainwave really doesn't surprise me but i had heard a report that the crowd from the hall of fame was very disrespectful um and now judging how the crowd was last night at raw i'm not surprised however comma um there's a time and a place to be stupid and to have fun you know, and I, I'm one of those people that and you guys aren't going to agree with me. I know you're not going to agree with me, and that's fine. But I'm one of those people that I think in order to be let into the Hall of Fame as a fan, you should be wearing a suit. I think that they should actually out the fans from the ceremony. I think it should be people in the business only. It should be recorded and put out on DVD. Now... With that being said, you talk about one DVD out of their entire year-long collection that I would buy would be that Hall of Fame DVD to have and to hold and to keep forever as a collection because that's the it. That's the end for, for, for everybody. That's, that's why they're going to the Hall of Fame, generally speaking, you know, Ric Flair excluded. But for the most part, at that point, everybody's retired. They've moved on, and that's the last you may see of them for a while. I would like to have that collection. I've always laughed at, and, and not in a way of pointing and laughing, ha-ha, look at that ass, but I've always laughed and, and wondered why. And, and maybe you're more of a fan than I am. Hell, I don't know. But I've always wondered why people buy DVDs of pay-per-views. If you saw the pay-per-view, why do you want to go back and watch it again? You know who wins. It's like watching a sporting event where you already know the outcome. Makes no sense to me. But that's just me. I understand that not everybody out there is like me. I'm different. But if you want to sell DVDs, cut the fans out of the out of the Hall of Fame. Do it the night before WrestleMania. Make it available on DVD the week after and sell the shit out of them because nobody was there to see it. There is no leaked footage of Foley pinning Jericho on YouTube from somebody's cell phone camera. That would have never been leaked. That would have been a nice surprise. 
then there is no arguing over, okay, well, out of these eight Hall of Famers, we're only going to televise these three. You know? I'm floored that they don't do this because they're so educated on how to make a buck in that company. To me, that's the only way that, that you can fix this. Well, I'd, I'd, I mean, I'd agree with you on fans either being required to wear suits or just being banned totally. I agree with that completely, 100%. I also agree that then releasing it on DVD would be, would be cool. Um, but as far as, you know, people collecting, I, I think things are different now. I agree with you on, you know, people buying like pay-per-view DVDs now. If it was 10, 15 years ago, I would have said, you're crazy. But now when you can basically go on YouTube or there are other ways to, to see any pay-per-view you want in history, yeah, buying a DVD. Look, some people just want to have it. You know, I, 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 I lean towards you on that opinion. But I know there are some diehards who just want to have it on their shelf, and and I understand that as well. well like I would, I would fully understand. I would fully understand if JJ and Harmony came home and bought a copy of that DVD. Right. They were there. You know, it's a it's a you know historic moment lives together. I understand that. And there's going to be situations like that. Hey, it was my birthday. I was at Unbreakable for TNA, or hey, you know. My roommates passed away, and the only way I can see him is on camera from when we were live at the pay-per-view. I understand that. You know? But to separate the Hall of Fame from everything else, I think the DVD would be a hot seller, is all I'm saying. If you cut the fans out and make it for sale only on its own, more people would buy it. Guarantee it. Yeah, I, I would see that. I mean... You know, I'm one of the guys who, you know, I'm not a fan of Donald Trump, and I kind of found it amusing when I heard the whole, you know, booing thing for him at the at the Hall of Fame. But, you know, listen to your explanation. You know, I, I definitely agree that, you know, if, if fans want to go to this, if you know, if they're still allowed for it, yeah, you know, dress up. I mean, we just saw Foley come out, you know, all decked out in a suit. I mean, I, I would have loved if underneath it he actually had one of those flannel jackets on underneath and all that. But... You know, it, it is a it is a time to immortalize the guys who are in, the guys and gals who are being inducted, um, and uh, and actually, as you were inquiring earlier, um, Trey, it looks like it was Trish and Bob Backlund who are kind of having the the smaller condensed um, um, inductions, which would lead me to believe that Booker T, Mick, um, Donald Trump, and Bruno are the four who are getting highlighted tonight. Um, but yeah, I, I I definitely see what you're saying there. Um, I would also think. That, yeah, it, to to have a whole thing available on DVD, you know, you're right. If if there isn't like any kind of like you know grainy phone footage of what went on, I would definitely think that the DVD would be a hot seller uh, when it comes out. Well, moving along, Bronxy, you got a story for us. Something that that, that happened to you today, as a matter of fact. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's break down the news of the week because I got a decent amount of it. Let's break that down, get it out of the way, and then I have a story. It didn't really... We're milking this story for all it's worth. It's funny. <laughs> it, it, it's just funny. And I mean, it, it's like... I give you a segue to tell this goddamn story that you posted on Facebook 
earlier in the day how you had this epic story that now you have built up to the point that if it's not the best thing since pussy was invented, I'm going to come through this headphone and slap the shit out of you. All right, fuck it. You're the boss. You guys want the story. I'm going to give the story, and then we'll take care of news, okay? Now, you, you know, we talked about earlier in the show about how people have come from being listeners to hosts. They come a long way. You know, everybody's getting better. You got to learn in this business. There's a thing called a segue. Oh, boy. When I pitch it to you, you don't, when I throw you a ball, you don't sit there and watch it hit the dirt and go, in other news, you swing the fucking bat. I can't see the ball. <laughs> well, I can't see the ball. It doesn't have a beeper in it. I can't, I can't pitch in Braille and it doesn't make any sound. So tell this goddamn story. All right. Friday, I met JJ Harmony and Colin, and we met in Times Square at Colin's Hotel, and we all went, were going out for dinner. On the way, there's a guy dressed in a fucking cookie monster outfit. These guys basically loiter around Times Square and ask for money to get pictures taken with them. So we pass this guy, and as we're walking, I decide to start fucking around with JJ. I tell JJ, I'll give you $100 if you go back there and punch out the cookie monster. So JJ, not to be outdone, says, all right, yeah, give me $100, bitch. I'll go, go over there and knock his ass out. To which Colin laughed, Harmony laughed. We all kept walking. Today I come home from work See, and I... Time out, time out, time out, time out, time out. See, that's where if I was in that group... I make you hand me a $100 bill. I walk over and give Cookie Monster 50 and tell him I'm going to knock him out for 50 bucks. <laughs> wow. And he gets something out of it. I get something out of it. We all get a good laugh. <laughs> and 50 bucks. Nobody goes home poor. But you. 50 bucks probably would have went a long way with this guy. Well, they're out there making people pay to take pictures with them. Why not say, hey, man, 50 bucks, let me hit you in the jawbone with this fist and see if you can pretend to be, like, knocked out for a little bit. See, but at the time, I thought that these guys were fucking licensed to do this. It turns out they're not. These are just a bunch of crazy no. fuckers who goes out, go out and buys costumes and goes to Times Square and asks for money to get pictures taken with them. Only now, in New York City. But that's not where it ends. Today, oh, I'm sure it's not. Today I come home from work, okay, I come home from work, I log onto the internet, and I start reading my local news. A guy dressed in a cookie monster outfit, who I would guess is the same guy, was arrested today at Times Square for pushing down a two-year-old kid in the exact really? same area that we all saw this cookie monster in the exact same area where I told JJ to knock him the fuck out for a hundred dollars. This asshole who turns out to be some, just some guy from Queens gets arrested for pushing down a two year old kid because his parents, his mother didn't pay him quickly enough. And I'm reading this shit and I'm like, you gotta wow. be kidding me. Jeez. Now, 
to get away from you know, now that you've told the story. Go ahead. Go ahead. Finish. No, I'm saying to get away from the humorous part. Thank God the, the little boy's fine. He's perfectly fine. I wouldn't be making light of this. I, I just think it's it's crazy. Fine. And this is what's great. In the news story, they mentioned the guy's name once. And for the rest of the story, they talk about how the they refer to him as the cookie monster was arrested, booked, you know, sent to jail and is going to try to make bail. Not the guy who was in the suit, the fucking cookie monster. <laughs> but now that you've told this story and it's gone out over national Internet radio. Customs is going to pick JJ up at the border and arrest him for not knocking that motherfucker out in the first place, and they're going to get him with aiding and abetting. <laughs> I think by now JJ's back in. You know, like, the, like, the, like the episode of Seinfeld, you know the episode of Seinfeld where they laugh at the fat guy getting carjacked. They didn't do anything about it. The Good Samaritan Law. Well, Good Samaritan Law is in, in effect here because JJ didn't knock the motherfucker. He told him to. Well, I did offer him money. So that might be what saves him. And that, that makes that makes you that makes you an accessory to the crime. <laughs> How am I an accessory to the crime? Because you offered to pay guys like trying to pay somebody to kill your wife. <laughs> oh, You're trying okay. to pay somebody to assault somebody. I don't. I don't know, Bronx. I heard, I heard some police sirens coming out through your through your end uh, earlier on in the show. I watch, so. Hey, I watch Law and Order. Don't, don't, I'll get your ass on some, some technicalities. I I watch SBU. Don't fuck around with that shit. That's that's not. You don't want to go down that road. I, I watch the other one too. So you're you're you're, you're double fucked because I watch both episodes of Law and Order. I'm a living room lawyer. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> And, and I'm also an armchair uh, recliner detective. Yeah, wow. I, I'm a video game lawyer. I play a lot of Phoenix Wright. Now, I'm the guy that went and saw The Sixth Sense with my mother. And five minutes into the movie, I leaned over and told her that Bruce Willis was a ghost. That's how early I figured that shit out. Damn. And I was right. Spoiler alert! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I watched the whole movie. It took me a minute. I wouldn't have to worry about you. Not, I wouldn't have to worry about you seeing the movie, Bronx. You haven't seen anything worth a shit in twenty years. Well, I did see GI Joe Retaliation. No, you didn't see it. You just listened to it. <laughs> really? Actually, no. Being on the big screen, you probably got a good idea of what was going on. And you can't give me, I don't want to know anything about the movie because I haven't seen it yet. I have plans, I planned to see it before JJ got back and we could talk about it. I still might, so hold off on your review. Oh yeah, definitely. But we enjoyed the shit. Great, great story. You should have knocked the Cookie Monster out. Lesson learned for next time. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, if I knew. I don't recommend I don't recommend picking on Big Bird because he's got Snuffleupagus at his back, and he's a pretty big motherfucker. He's <laughs> and he's always high. Yeah, Snuffy will fuck you up. <laughs> Shit, with a nose like that, you'd be doing a lot of fucking coke, too. Hi, Bird. Big Bird would be like, 
Big Bird be like, hey, I got some, I got some smack for you, Snuffy. And Snuffy be like, oh, hey, Bird, I like smack. I'm getting the shakes, Bird. Oh, I'm going to throw up, Bird. Eat a hit, Bird. Come on, Bird. What does this show become? <laughs> if JJ was here, he'd already thrown out the It's Breaking Down line. Oh, it's, it's, it's I, down. I look back to when this show started, and I'm sure Jay has some fucked up conversations. But we just spent 15 minutes talking about Times Square's most wanted the Cookie Monster. <laughs> and Big Bird and Snuff Love against the drug addict. See, what I'd like to know is when they took the motherfucker out in cuffs, did they allow him to remove the costume or was the cookie monster actually taken out in cuffs? No, I'm sure it was the cookie monster. And you know how traumatic that was for all the other little kids that didn't get knocked down to see the cookie monster getting put in cuffs and thrown in the back seat of the cop car? Oh, that kid's probably scarred for life. He got shoved down by a freaking Sesame Street character. You ain't going to be watch that show again. And the fucking head. You tell your kid, if you're in the middle of Times Square, cookie monster's in cuffs. He's getting thrown in the back of the... They're roughing him up with nightsticks because he won't go down easy. He's all hopped up on cookie sugar. He won't fit. <laughs> so they're beating him with nightsticks to get him in the back of the cruiser. The lights are on. There's the hustle and bustle of Times Square. You're a five-year-old kid taking all this in. Mommy, why are they arresting him? Why are they beating on the cookie monster? What do you tell your kids? Well, the best Old thing cookie? was the fucking news. The headline was C is for cops. Not oh, wow. That was the fucking headline. I wish I had the audio. That was the fucking headline. Now, here's the deal. When Sesame Street Live goes out on tour, how are they going to do this without the cookie monster? Because he's not going to be able to leave the city limits. I don't know. Maybe he has Jeff Hardy's lawyer. Oh, Maybe he man. doesn't get a felon rap. Maybe he doesn't get a felony rap. And a friend of mine had the line of the night. He goes, well, shit, if the cookie monster will do that, God knows what Oscar the Grouch will do. <laughs> well, fuck that, man. He lives in a trash can, man. He's, what would you do if you lived in a fucking trash can? I'd be grouchy, too. Yeah, that's true. I'd be angry. You know, um, I got a house and I'm grouchy. That motherfucker lives in a trash can. People throwing shit in on him all the time while he's trying to take a nap. <laughs> you know, not to uh, not to take away from uh, Bronx's story, but I actually can relate a little bit to this. I have seen some shit like that before on TV out in L.A. Um, I've, I've seen the thing before of a dude dressed up as a uh, living in L.A. <laughs> well, I, I don't live in L.A. I live an hour out, man. I live in a freaking small ass town, but. No, it was it was on uh, TV. It was uh, it was a dude dressed up as SpongeBob, and just random out of the blue, he got the shit beat out of him by these two women, like right in front of a bus or something. Like they just started wailing on his ass, and th- th- the thing is, none of them, none of them got arrested, but they inter- they interviewed the dude as SpongeBob. And well, not as SpongeBob. He took the took the the head off and all that. And the fucked up thing is, he actually mentioned that he had 
he he's, he was happy he didn't get arrested because he's actually been arrested before for prior charges. I don't know what he was fucking charged for before, but I mean, I was like, holy fucking shit, you're you got some. You know, I don't want to prey on everybody's religious beliefs and, 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 you know, what God you pray to, should you pray to a God? I personally believe in Jesus and I pray to that God. However, comma, they talk about the day that the Lord comes back and the rapture and all that Armageddon, the four horsemen, the signs of the apocalypse. My question is, how much worse can it get when on, of all places, goddamn Sesame Street, Bert and Ernie are gay, <laughs> Big Bird's a pimp, Snuffleupagus <laughs> is hooked on smack, Elbow's diddling little, Elmo's diddling little kids, and the pimp monsters punch them in Times Square. <laughs> Why haven't they just shut that goddamn street down yet? No, I don't want to go to Sesame Street. Don't give me directions. I don't want to know. But half them motherfuckers have got a jacket at the police department bigger than I do. Man. Yeah, it's not sunny days, you know. Sunny days beating the jail away. (sighs) Way uh, solitary. Sorry, I got that wrong. Big Bird's a pusher, and the count's the pimp. <laughs> oh my! Motherfucker's wearing a cape, and he got a monocle. Max says, "Are Bert and Ernie really gay? Did they establish that? Come on, man." <laughs> they slept in the Number same. Number one, they sleep bed. in the same bed. And they don't kick each other out for cookie crumbs. Now you're going to be getting some good dick to not kick somebody out of the bed for cookie crumbs. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch, man, that's Trish Stratus to eat my cookie crumbs in my motherfucking bed. <laughs> oh, God. I guy might get knocked out of bed for eating cookie crumbs in my fucking bed. Oh. Okay with it? So what's that tell you? I'm remembering JJ right now with this classic line, Rubber Dicky, you're the one. <laughs> yeah. For better or for worse, till death do us part, cookie crumbs in the bed and everything. Well, they were dedicated for a long Maz guy time. Says, Maz guy says, is that the only reason you wouldn't kick somebody out of bed? I had this friend once that had a theory. Oh, he could roll a girl over twice in the same bed. She went in the floor. Fuck her. <laughs> that seemed like an all right thing to go with. Oh, shit. I've never had that problem. But. And now he wonders why I wanted to save this story. Because now me and Train got to recover. <laughs> go on with the show. God, Brass is exactly right. Every time I seem to come on a show, it literally does become a train wreck. See, this show was doing good. It was all about wrestling until I came on. I fucked up for everybody. I mean, it's a shame that, you know, JJ could have been labeled a hero if he would have knocked that motherfucker out. 
And it was like Kyle and I. Yeah, I mean, you know. Somewhere tonight, a mother is tucking a child into bed that was accosted by the fucking cookie monster. And all that could have been saved if Jeff Jackson would have done his American duty and knocked that motherfucker out. Oh, well, and then he could have taken everybody to Sizzler. Well, in his defense, I didn't have the hundred bucks to give him. So, oh, well, let's see. That's not true, Brooks. Come on now. Well, I wasn't expecting the crazy bastard to actually say he'd do it. <laughs> it's JJ. <laughs> and, and the worst part is Colin backed his play. He's like, oh, well, if you have the hundred, he'll do it. I'm telling you. And Harmony's nodding. I'm like, oh, shit. I could have told you that. Hell, what would, you know what would have happened? What would have happened was, if I'd have been there, I'd have gone over and knocked the motherfucker out, and then I'd come over and knocked you the fuck out for not having my money. Damn it. Man, Bronx, this is all your fault. You have ruined this kid's purity of watching Sesame Street. Well, now the kid, again, you can't write this shit. The actual quote from the news person is, Elmo is now his favorite character. Well, Elmo will play with your penis. <laughs> God fucking H. It was in the news. I'm not making it up. Elmo is a pedophile. Oh, my God. I'm serious. I, I heard it in the news. The guy that plays Elmo got in trouble for a little with a youngster. Oh, yeah. No, don't believe me. All right, go see Elmo on Ice. It's Elmo on Ice because he queers a $3 bill. Oh, man. You know any heterosexual ice skaters that don't play hockey? I think the morons don't let your kids take any pictures with any licensed characters. No, I think I think the moral might be if he, go to Sesame Street Live. I think I might have figured out where Sesame Street is. I think it's right down. I think it's right across the street from Chris Hansen. Damn! I think it's down by. I think it's, it's somewhere down by Harlem and Crack City. <laughs> no, that'd be my place of employment. Um, oh, on ice with special guest Jerry Sandusky. Oh, oh, no. oh, oh, no. oh man. Brass eye. Oh, God. Holy. <laughs> uh, I, thought, oh. I thought it couldn't get lower. I really, I really, really thought. Oh, it's wrestling this live. It can always go lower. <laughs> yeah, but now we're at a point like, where, like, we're you know, looking up at the fucking sewer system, we're pretty low. Oh, my God. I, I think if we went any lower, we'd come out the other end of the earth and you'd be able to get Chinese food. Well, no, a hole that oh, big... Oh, no, get started on the Chinese. No, 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 no. A hole that big would be Xbox asshole. Oh! Jeez. Oh, How is the butthole doing? I, I don't know. I don't... That's not one of my, you know, subscribe news topics for my Android. I don't get that a daily. Now, wait a minute. Wait a goddamn minute. When he ripped the fucking thing open, everybody and their brother was talking about Xbox butthole. And now it's been a few weeks. Brother, did to say. 
I I guess he's all right. I mean, I don't. He's not fucking dead. I don't. I don't know. I guess he's okay. No. Do you realize that somewhere along the the line of his recovery, he had to take a deuce? Oh, I thought about that. God, how the fuck that you'd have to deal with that shit. Or maybe they got a new show from the six million dollar butthole. We can rebuild it stronger. <laughs> stronger, better, <laughs> more durable. Every time he every time he drops a deuce, it's that. <laughs> I bet you he thinks twice about Bronco busting somebody. <sighs> yeah, that move has been. Motherfucker's finishers go Bronco Buster and Sweet Chin Music, so he ain't nowhere near his own asshole. <laughs> God. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> JJ is going to come back and post on the Facebook page. Due to the stupid shit on Wrestling News Live this week, we've decided to cancel the entire goddamn network. And everybody's just going to have one post following that. Oh, God. Trey is fired, and we're starting brand new. I'll probably be fired, too. L-Train isn't even fucking hired yet, and he'll be... <laughs> I'll get fired after this. Shit, I've been cut already? God damn! I hope he's, I, I hope he's not. I hope he's not listening right now. To our fucking pink slips right now. Fuck! Fucking L Train's on air persona will be will last as long as a Miz title run. Oh! <laughs> oh! Ooh. How Power's doing right now with all that back and forth? Oh, he loves it. He fucking loves it you know he's 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 but at the end of the day at the end of the day gentlemen you know you would think anybody else would go home from raw last night all upset butt hurt if you will not quite as butt hurt as xbox <laughs> let down embarrassed maybe but at the end of the day, the guy that lost the Intercontinental title after winning it the night before still gets to go home and fuck Maurice. True. So is it that bad? Really? Honestly, I can't say it is. I'll, I'll take that win and that loss any day to go home to Maurice. Yeah, you make a good point. I'm just saying. All right, I do make a good point. I also segue well. Let's go ahead and kick off the news of the week. Brought to you by Wrestling-Online.com. Over 2,100 billion gazillion uh, subscribers. You should be one of them by going to the website and uh, signing up for the newsletter that comes to your email. Straight from Mr. Colin Vaslow, who the Bronx finally got to hang out with as they were gang-banging with the Cookie Monster this weekend. <laughs> so, with that being said, it's time for the news. Excuse me! Excuse me! Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. May I have your attention, please? And I need all of you 
to stop what you're doing and listen. And now the news. Interesting wrestling news live factoid. You know, when shows go off the air and then VH1 does their best of or did you know? Um, a little factoid, a little Easter egg for you. The guy in that promo that goes, and now the news, that's really me. Just like what? That. Awesome. <laughs> Holy shit. I'll see shit. I can do it. You ready? And now the news. Awesome. I, I never would have. I never would have guessed that, man. So there you go. I had a clip of Walter Cronkite saying that, and I lost it, and I couldn't find another one, so I did it myself. <laughs> yeah, That's newsworthy. Go ahead. It's lasted the test of time, but. Something I was impressed with. HollywoodLife.com is reporting that John Cena wrestled on Sunday at WrestleMania sick and with a broken thumb, despite going a long way in his match against The Rock. Cena had a bad case of food poisoning, which he suffered earlier in the week, but nothing was going to stop him from being part of the main event at WrestleMania again. With The Rock's limited schedule, I didn't think it was a shoe-in to ever have the chance again. Cena told the website regarding their once-in-a-lifetime-turned-twice feud, The Rock suffered an injury during his match as well with Cena, tearing his abdominal abductor muscle off the bone. Mm. Man, what now, is, what is... I read today that this is a legit thing. I didn't think it was yesterday, but apparently... There's a lot of hubbub in the air because The Rock is supposed to be filming the new movie Hercules, and they've got a short time to get it finished and get it out. They're on a timetable, blah, 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 blah. This could affect the shooting of that movie. That's why it was an important deal that he felt he needed to go have it checked out immediately. So if it is legit injury, you know, I hate to hear that. I hope The Rock gets uh, healed up and back in action as soon as possible, but uh, for a guy that food poisoned the night before, John Cena was on every single fucking talk show on Monday morning. Yeah. Dude was everywhere. And I've had... I mean, everywhere. He was on, he was on financial shows. Well, shit, I've had food poisoning, and I mean, literally couldn't stand. And to think of, of wrestling a fucking match? Shit. Now, what, what yeah, I, I know was, where I had a real short leash to the toilet. <laughs> no, what I want to know is what is up with this recent trend of like these 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 freaking these tearing injuries. I mean, we have Xbox freaking tearing his anus, and now we've got the Rock. Well, I tearing. would like to think I would like to think tearing your abductor muscle from your stomach is a lot different than ripping your asshole apart. True. I mean, it's kind of like saying. I'm going to flip this coin 10 times, you know, and one time it's going to stand on its side and be, you know, neither head nor tails. That's how hard it would be to tear your asshole open, I would imagine. But again, I want to get into this. If you're not putting anything in there that shouldn't be in there, it shouldn't be ripping apart story. Yeah. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. I mean, I, it, it's just amazing how much time this story if all you're doing with your if all you're doing with your butthole is dropping a deuce you should be all right 
Yeah, I mean, unless you're eating a shitload of fiber. I mean, what other excuse is there? Oh, unless, shit. You're, unless your morning cereal is called colon blow, you should be all right. <laughs> you got to get X-Pac with that chick from Activia who was in the original Halloween. Oh, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, you know, I just have my Activia commercial. I ate so much Activia, I blew my asshole out. You should try it, too. Now, it, it, it grosses me out to think of Jamie Lee Curtis pooping her pants. <laughs> and if you go back to the movie Trading Places, she's got amazing tits. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, hey, she's got a great ass, too. I remember seeing that shit and in, uh, what was that, that Arnold another, movie? Here's another... Here's another little interesting fact point, little Easter egg for you. Jamie Lee Curtis was born with three nipples. Really? What? Yeah, she had one on each boob plus an extra one. Okay, what was the extra one for? Uh, well, I don't know what it was for, but they took it off when she was a kid so that she only has two now. Well, I'd hope so. She had have should have cosmetic. She's not going to tell your fortune like the chick in the mall at fucking mall rats. Well, it's like Hitler was born with only one ball. And it's funny because a lot of people say, well, Hitler, he had a lot of balls. Well, not really. Just one. <laughs> yeah, you also can't say he was nuts either. Well, you can, but you'd only be half right. Wow. Wow. We have even fucked up the news. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I never thought that JJ Sex A was the glue that held everything together. Until now. Yeah, I mean, I, we went from we went from John Cena's WrestleMania food poisoning back to Xbox ripped asshole <laughs> to Jimmy Lee Curtis shitting her pants with three nipples and Hitler having one nut. Now. Any other show out there, I dare you to try that. Oh, they will, but it won't work. <laughs> oh, God. I, I think Anthony has it perfect in the chat. WNL has become WTF. Yeah, we can go off anywhere. I'm, I'm going to try to finish this segment. I'm really going to try. Just try to say it without any more uh, fiber references, man. I don't think we need Bane on here tonight. Well, no. Bane will be back Yeah, next. because the sad part is, is I have to go to work tonight, which means I've got to leave in about 30 minutes, so. Wow. Holy shit. Let's try to get through this shit. Last year on the day after WrestleMania, the Miami crowd showed all the fans how to interact during a live Raw. This time around, New Jersey and the tons of international fans that made it to the show showed Miami that they do it better in New Jersey. The pro-heel, anti-face crowd gave the usual faces a hard time and chanted for the bad guys. But the most amazing thing was the crowd singing along to Fandango's theme song almost all night long, dancing around having a great time as the three-hour roar flew by quickly. After the show was over, fans still sang along to Fandango's theme in the hallways of the Izod Center and in the car parks, as you can see from a video on wrestling-online.com. I uh, thought parts of what the crowd did last night was funny. 
Again, I think some of what the crowd did last night was disrespectful, as addressed on the Facebook page. Um, my thing is, the crowd shouldn't try to become more of a show than the show. And Mick Foley has addressed that in the past. He said it best, you know, just come out there and cheer and boo and have fun, but let us do our jobs, you know. Um, I thought it was really bad during the Randy Orton Sheamus match. Everybody in that crowd was booing them and 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 hating on the match. I now I had my volume down for some of that match. I don't I don't know what they did to, to get that crowd to hate on them so bad. But it wasn't like it was a horrible match. God, we've seen worse. Hell, we had the three man band versus whoever the fuck earlier in the night. So I mean, or later in the night, maybe I don't know. But still, there have been worse matches to, to act a fool in front of. It was almost like they didn't shit on it, but they ignored it, which is just as bad. I mean, well, when I go back and think of it, that is shitting on it by ignoring it. I mean, I mean, even John Cena addressed some of the stupid shit they were saying. Yeah. You know, it's funny how you mentioned, you know, and I know JJ brought this up, too, because he was at the Hall of Fame. Uh, Maria Menudos, who inducted Bob Backlund, she was kind of really hit hard by the fans there. And she had this to say, dear fellow WWE fans and member of the wrestling press. As you know, I had the honor of inducting my friend Bob Backlund into the WWE Hall of Fame. The fans were a little rough as another inductee and friend, Donald Trump, would likewise experience. It's understandable as we are not pro wrestlers, and the honesty of the WWE fans is what make it fun. However, I did the speech mainly to tell the world all the amazing things that Bob and I, and I fear that some of those things were not heard. You can read her speech at wrestling-online.com in its entirety. Thanks and God bless Maria Menounos. Yeah, I, I, you know, we go back to that. That's just not right. Look, if, if Bob Backlund had no problem with her inducting him, who the fuck are we to say otherwise? I agree. I'm not sure why she was the one. I'm not sure what their connection was. So I I have no idea. But uh, I haven't seen it yet. I haven't heard it yet, so I can't really comment. What do you think, Train? Just leave the fans out of it from now on. Um, you know, I was I was one of those people who was kind of like you know like what the fuck as to why she was involved with this. I wasn't aware of any previous experience that she'd had with Backlund, and you know, I was one of the people who was wondering, okay, why aren't there any other names who are inducting him? Um, with that with that said, you know. <sighs> I don't know for for cases like that, you know, if if it's something that has has meaning to the two of them, you know, something that they have done, even if there's something that even if it's something that a lot of people don't know about, uh, I, I think she did get treated kind of rough. I mean, I if I mean I wouldn't have really cared that she was doing it, but I wouldn't have gone so far as to actually boo her while she's trying to get this off while she's trying to get this off, even especially if it was if it was a story explaining that connection you know well i mean it'd, it'd be like you know no one in my family knows trey personally i'm the only one who really knows him personally and if i put in my will 
I want Trey to read my eulogy. That'd be like my family booing him when he comes out to do it. Well, guess what? I'm the guy who said I want him to do it. I would hope my family would have more respect than that than to be pissed off that I picked a friend to do it. That's kind of how this is. Again, believe me, if Backlund didn't want her inducting him, she wouldn't have done it. So he's fine with it, you fucking idiots. Let it go. I mean, come on. I agree. Two more interesting news stories before we close this segment out. WWE had a string, (laughs) a string really, of technical difficulties with the online pay-per-view offering on the website ppv.wwe.com and the WWE Active app. Several readers reported that the pay-per-view got restarted at one point and had to watch it again from the very beginning when the show was already a couple of hours in. WWE apparently weren't ready to meet the massive demand online and it's costing them dearly as the company is already refunding customers for the trouble. WWE charged the full price for U.S. customers to order the pay-per-view online and this pisses me off, $20 to customers in other countries. And it turns out their stream, their legal stream, was total shit. That is that is not good for them. No, not at all. Well, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't good when like Ring of Honor's eye pay per views were fucked up and they had to refund money, and that's on a smaller scale. That's still bad business. But WWE, this is not the first time this has happened to them. It's happened to me once. I don't remember what pay per view it was. I go to SummerSlam or Royal Rumble one time that I didn't have cable and I wanted to get the pay-per-view so I bought the online show and I couldn't get it it never it, it never did work for me and I ended up, they, they sent me the bill and they sent me a Jeff Hardy keychain <laughs> <laughs> but I never got the pay-per-view wow. I didn't get my money back eventually they did recredit my account but it took a long time well I mean shit you know you're a company that has the kind of money i know the kind of servers it takes to make things work though not on this large a scale but if you're offering this service i mean you gotta make sure you've got the bandwidth i mean stop underestimating and then imagine the pay-per-views an hour and a half in that starts from the fucking beginning and you gotta watch all that again yeah that that this is a big deal guys a real big deal now uh something that i had heard is uh for uh, for anyone who has a, a gaming console, uh, my buddy has a 360, the one I was with on uh, Sunday, and apparently you can order you could have ordered WrestleMania through that. And from what I'm hearing, those streams were actually going pretty yeah. good. Now, um, yeah, um, John Cena talked about that on the whatever financial show he was on. They were giving out statistics, and uh, he's the, for the first time ever. Um, WWE was on Xbox, and the guy said, "Well, that's Microsoft, my stock. That's good stock." And he goes, "Yeah." He said, "Thanks for out." Um, so yeah, the Xbox stream worked fine. Now, d- now, is there a DVR feature for that also? From the Xbox, hmm. and to my knowledge, if you had a cable box and you ordered it like a regular pay per view, you get DVR pay per view anyway. So I don't think you can DVR it. 
Well, if you, I know on my system, once you order the pay-per-view, once it's confirmed ordered, you can set your DVR to tape it. So, Mine does automatic. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that's that's something. I mean, it just shows that, come on, WWE, you want to push Twitter, you want to push fucking Facebook and, and all this internet shit, well, get your internet together. You know, you got enough money to do it. This shit shouldn't happen. I, I don't know, man. I don't know. But on a more serious note, our final news story of the night, hundreds of friends, family, and wrestlers attended the 90-minute Reed Flair funeral at the Forest Hill Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. The Charlotte Observer reports that the funeral featured words of remembrance from his sister, girlfriend, and two-time Hall of Fame father. I want to make sure he knows this turnout isn't because of me. It's because of who he was, him, and who he affected, said a subdued and visibly shaken Ric Flair in a more than 10-minute speech about his son. During the funeral service, a 17-minute video slideshow was played showing Reed throughout the years on vacation, wrestling, and with his family. Several hours ago before this, TNA President Dixie Carter wrote on Twitter that she was in Charlotte for Reed's funeral. She just landed there, headed to Reed's funeral, and please keep uh, Ric Flair, N-A-T-R boy, in your thoughts and prayers today. That's his uh, uh, Twitter hashtag. Flair worked for TNA for a couple of years before departing the company. Thoughts and prayers are with Flair and his family, wrote Hogan, who was not at the service. It is not known if any from WWE attended the funeral due to the busy WrestleMania schedule, but it's a safe bet that there were some representatives from the company for sure. Yeah, I would say so. I, I think WWE had to send, and, and I bet you, you know, Ric Flair understood. It's WrestleMania weekend. I mean, they probably sent who they could send. Man, I, I couldn't even pretend to imagine what what that had to be like for Rick to have to speak like that at his own child's funeral. I mean, I mean, it, to say it's, 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 it's mournful is, is an understatement. You know, I, I feel so bad for him. You know, something like this, I, I, my mom's funeral, you know, it's a catch 22 because no child should have to bury a parent. But by the same token, no parent wants to ever marry a child. And, you know, in the grand scheme of things, I think what makes it more horrifying and, and, and worse is that it was, you know, so out of the blue. I mean, so, so you know, there was no notice. There was no diagnosis of cancer. You know, there was just, you know, boom, one day the guy was gone. You know, uh, there was trapped. Um, I'm still not 100% sure what they said he died. Do we know what he died of yet? Or, I mean, do we have I haven't heard anything yet. Uh, nothing's come out that I know of. Yeah, and, that, and that's what leads me to think that, it, that it's probably something. And look, please, understand me. I, I don't want to start any rumors or, or shit on anyone's memory. I would never do that. But it leads me to believe that there was something went on that shouldn't have been going on because... You know, autopsies, you should have something by now. I mean, he was 25 years old. And you know what? If Rick did want to keep, you know, the cause of death private and he was able to do it, 
I got no problem with that. It's none of my business. It's his family, his father, his friends. We have no right. If you know, if they don't want us to know, we shouldn't know. End of story. I, I agree. And we'll move on from that. Yeah, man. I say we take another commercial break. We come back, open up the phone lines. I got the emails ready. If you guys want to email, wnlshow at yahoo.com. Trey, man, I turn it to you. All right, guys, we'll take a short break. We'll be right back with your phone calls. Uh, I'm only going to be on with the guys for about another 10, 15 minutes. So if you want to get your phone calls in about mania, about raw, about what happened in your kitchen today, what happened in your hometown, whatever you want to talk about now is your chance to get those phones ready. And we'll take your phone calls live next right here on Wrestling News Live on the SNS Radio Network. Howdy, folks. This is good old J.R. Jim Ross of the WWE, and you're listening to Wrestling News Live. Hey guys, it's Mr. Money on the Mic, JJ, all caps sexy of the SNS Radio Network. If you're looking for the latest news in professional wrestling and of course some of the best columns on the World Wide Web today, visit headlocks2headlines.com. That's headlocks, the number two, headlines.com. It's the official news site of the SNS Radio Network. You should make it your official news site as well. Once again, www.headlocks2headlines.com. Each and every midweek with Chuck W. And each weekend with William Walkie Walker and Mindwipe. Exclusively on the SNS Radio Network and the Chris Jones Gaming Network. Yeah. This is going to be fun. You're listening to Wrestling News Live. Are you a TNA Impact Wrestling fan? Are you looking for a show that talks about TNA Wrestling? Then tune in to TNA Chat Live every Thursday night starting at 10.30 p.m. Eastern on the SNS Radio Network with the Bronx Father, Tony J. Mirabella, as he reviews the latest episode of Impact Wrestling and takes your phone calls to get your thoughts on the state of TNA Wrestling. Are you ready to cross that line? On the SNS Radio Network. And if you don't like that, 
Sorry about your damn luck. Every Thursday, the SNS Radio Network gets in the ring and starts running the ropes. When I watch, I, okay, I, I caught SmackDown again. I caught, she, I skipped Sheffield's gimmick, and I couldn't help but to think that his new gimmick sounds like an Arby's uh, roast beef sandwich. Join Brian Maverick Bertrand and Chris Kelly from HeadlocksHeadlines.com as they talk about every random thing going on within the WWE, TNA, Ring of Honor, and the NorCal Independency. Running the Ropes also features interviews with stars from the past. It's me, it's me, it's the D-O-double-G, the road dog Jesse James. Present. What's going on, this is Kazarian. And this is the fallen angel Christopher Daniels. And future. Hey guys, it's Dream of Fatigue. And so much more. So join the guys every week on Running the Ropes right here on the SNS Radio Network. Can you dig it, dig it sucker? Sucker! Hi, this is Booker T, the five-time WCW champion, and you're listening to SNS Radio Network. Can you dig it, sucker? Sunday night showdown. All right, welcome back to Wrestling News Live on the S&S Radio Network. I can't—I just realized we've had a lot of fucking Hall of Famers on this show. I never realized it really until now. I spotted a few in the crowd. Good. That's, that's a good thing. All right, welcome to Wrestling News Live. You're on the air. Who the hell is this? And for the second week in a row, you got a, an S&S Hall of Famer, the original Don Juan. How you guys doing? Trey, good to hear you on again. I heard power last week. Now I'm hearing Trey. I think I'm in. I think I'm in WNL heaven. It's good to hear me too. Thank you. Yeah. Well, fuck me and L train. You know we're just here for. <laughs> yeah, fuck those guys. Uh, well, let's talk. What's on your mind, dude? I'm well, the jobber of the show. Well, you know everyone has to be. Someone has to be. Don't worry. Um, Somebody you has are, to jerk the curtain. You are the Zach Ryder. Of WNL. Well, I didn't say that. And I'm the Zach Morris of Saved by the Bell. So what do you hey got there? Well, I just want to say this. You know, last night it was, a, it was a bummer that I actually couldn't go to Raw. I had a ticket to Raw. Had to give up a ticket to mm. Raw because I couldn't get out. You know, they didn't want to give me the day off of work. And I couldn't just take the day. So, unfortunately, I'm pissed I couldn't go to, go to Raw. Um, but I recorded it on my DVR, and it's just an epic watch. I mean, everyone who saw it, it was a hot crowd. It was a great show. Uh, you know, I still can't get over them humming Fandango's theme. That, to me, uh, was the best part of the whole thing, was the humming of Fandango's theme and the dancing in the crowd in unison. I mean, it was, it was ridiculous. Um, and I think it kind of, unfortunately pushes i mean unless this doesn't continue it kind of almost pushes fandango into like fan-made face territory you got a good point and and here's the thing you know it's it's like that fucking watch chant you know that watch chant the first time it happened you know every you know everything happens for a first time you know before it catches on 
And, you know, some cold did the watch chant, and then the next thing you know, it was everywhere, and it's still fucking going on. You know, Kurt yeah. Angle's You Suck, you know, that that caught on. And you've got people humming and dancing in the crowd to Fandango's song. If the next Monday Night Raw crowd does that, we're stuck. Guarantee it. Oh, yes. Uh, I, I'm going to say this much, though. The I think one thing that's great that comes out of it is especially that you said angle if angle ever does come back i want to see if that's the first thing people chant on tv that that would be great what i like, would that like would to be see, epic but i would like to to me that the 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 cherry on the cupcake would be da you suck da welcome back da you <laughs> suck da-da-da. you know what i mean that would be kind of cool um you know, I, I you know a lot of returns for last night. I mean, a lot of people. You know, the rumor going around with with Miss with Mister ECW Rob Van Dam possibly having signed a contract. Uh, um, apparently, Christian's coming back to TV soon. I would actually like to see Christian entered in, especially since they're saying he's coming back as a face. I would like to see him enter a program with with Dolph. I really would, because um, I think he deserves. Even if he doesn't get the title again. He deserves to be in that pitcher, at least a world heavyweight pitcher. Um, and speaking of Dolph, I think it was great. Beyond the storyline, beyond you know everything that we know, and I, I posted it in, on the Facebook page yesterday, it was great seeing his raw emotion winning that title. You know that oh, yeah. this, was, this is something that he's going to appreciate. He's waited for it. And I think, you know, beyond, like I said, beyond the storyline, this is going to be something where he's going to go out there and he's going to literally make it his business to steal every match he's in. And he's going to make himself a permanent main event player after this. Well, and the crowd acknowledged the cash-in like they should have, as if to say it's about fucking time. Um... I've said it on the little bit of audio that we had on the WrestleMania show. Brian Fritz from Between the Ropes was on Radio Row at WrestleMania and interviewed several superstars. If you get a chance, check those out on, on Between the Ropes' deal on Facebook. But uh, he interviewed Ziggler, and Ziggler was like, you can just tell. he was. I'm, I'm really just bored of carrying this case and not being able to cash it in. I'm really just gone. And boom, they pulled the trigger and did it. On Raw, so thanks to him. Yeah. I will say this. Um, I don't know if I should say it. I'm trying to think of how I should say it. I will just say, from a very good source, I'm under the impression that RVD will not be going to, to the WWE, that he's going to stay with TNA. If he um, does, I mean, it's great for TNA. Despite so, what everybody's TNA. saying, despite what everybody's saying, I can't really, I can't reveal any sources, and I can't say anything else. I just, off the record, was told that by somebody who would know. I mean, it's a great sign for TNA. I think he's a great talent, but I think it's bad for him because unless they're going to use him, it's it's kind of. I mean, you're getting paid to oh, do yeah. nothing, which is, you know, basically he has a WCW contract. You're being paid to do nothing, but right now, but he'll get, he'll get brought back. They're they're just working out the 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 kinks right now. Um, I, I, if you don't mind, Trey, I'm going to go on a Trey-ish soapbox rant on some things that I've been seeing. Look, I've been, you know, part of the SNS family for a pretty good while now, and there's a, been a while where I was silent because I was just very busy with other things that I was doing. But I don't know 
if things have just changed. But I, this is this goes out to kind of just everyone that does it. Stop whining and bitching and complaining about shit. Look, I want a Cena heel turn as much as the next guy. I liked the Ryback segment last night as much as the next guy. But there doesn't always need to be a rock-solid heel-face dynamic for everything. You know, JJ agreed with me, and I felt really good about that. But the fact that I said... Does anyone follow logic anymore? I know WWE sometimes doesn't, but don't we as fans? Cena eliminated Ryback to win the Rumble, which essentially put Cena in the main event at WrestleMania against The Rock. Cena there beat The Rock to become the WWE champion. So using, okay, the transitive property, eliminating Ryback made Cena the WWE champion. Which means Ryback feels some sort of way about that. So now, yeah, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to beat the crap out of Mark Henry because of what he did to me yesterday. But you know what? You basically took my title. I want it now. He doesn't need to be a bad guy. Ryback could be the same character he's been since he's debuted on television going into this feud with, with Cena. And Cena could still be Mr. Fruity Pebbles throughout the whole damn thing and afterwards. It doesn't, it doesn't need to be anything solid there, you know, and you could just keep it going and it can continue with regardless who wins going forward. I'm, I'm just getting tired, you know, of people like, oh, is this this or is this that? Or does this mean this or does this mean that? Or I'm sad about this and I'm sad about that. It, you know, at, at the end of the day, none of us are bookers. I talk a lot of crap think, and say I could do better than the WWE creative team. A lot of us do. And there are some of us that probably can do better than the WWE creative team. But the fact of the matter is 90% of us can't. And 90% of us won't get hired by the E to be their creative team. So leave the armchair quarterbacking at home. <laughs> I agree. I agree with a lot of that. Now you talk about um, the dynamic babyface versus heel and all that, it's it comes down to one word for me. And that one word is perception. I'll give you two examples. Two guys that are inevitably out for one thing themselves. Two guys that only care about kicking somebody's ass, taking names, and moving up the food chain to be the dominant male on the roster. Ryback, Brock Lesnar. All how you perceive somebody to be. Brock Lesnar, you perceive him to be a heel. But that's not necessarily true because he would do the same thing to a baby face he would do to a heel. You get in his way, he's going to take you out or try to. Same thing with Ryback. You get in his way, he's going to take you out. It doesn't matter if you're a baby face or a heel. However, they go about it in different ways, and that's why I perceived to be different you know, yeah. on on the, the heel food chain. You know, so and it's how all m- about how you see the character. And nowadays, you know, you don't, you know, a heel may be a heel in the in the storyline, but you know, people like heels. And if crowd reactions make heels and faces, a lot of heels throughout the history of this business can be perceived as faces crowd wise. I mean, Ryback could be a heel in this feud if they make him that, but the crowd's going to see him as a, as, as a face because I said it yesterday. There are a lot of people that just want to see, you know, Cena get his ass whipped. Well, I mean, you make a point go there. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, I'm saying you make a great point there in that Cena's getting booed anyway. Last night when Ryback attacked Cena, now, again, 
I, I can't judge crowd reaction from that crowd because they were just crazy. But they loved it. You know, it's the point where him attacking Cena, it's like on Facebook, oh, he turned heel. No, he didn't. He's just a big, bad motherfucker who wants his title. Exactly. Well, I would and love nothing more. I would love nothing more than to sit down with a pen and a pad and script a John Cena opening Monday night promo where he comes out wearing a gray t-shirt and a gray hat, no color, just bland, comes out, cuts a promo. Look, you either with me or you're not with me. I don't care. I got to wake up in the morning and put on my shorts, put on my hat, put on my T-shirt, get in this ring and whip somebody's ass because I got a bullseye on the middle of my chest. I'm now the champion. You can love me. You can hate me. You can love to hate me. But at the end of the day, this is a job. I want to make money and I want to get paid. I want to be the best at the business so I can get paid the most of the business. So if you want to cheer me, cheer me. Come along for the ride. If not, boo me all you want. I'll still be here next week with this belt on my shoulder. Take it on the next motherfucker that wants to come out and take it from me. Exactly. I mean, at the end, at the end of the day. Question. At the end of the day, it, it, it doesn't need to be anything clear cut. And it gets kind of annoying sometimes. I mean, you know, it, it's it's with everything now. It's like we, we are so critical as fans about everything. I sometimes get to the point where I just like let it ride and let's see what happens. I mean, there are things that are they're okay to be critical about. Yes, I am critical about the fact that Cena has done the same shit for, what, 10 years now. I'm critical of it. But that doesn't mean that I have to sit here and bitch and moan and complain every single time it happens. It's just, you know what? It's going to happen. And the fact is, it makes the money. I don't like it. As a fan, I don't like it. But it makes the money. Because just because I don't buy a ticket to go see Cena be Super Cena doesn't mean that the 30,000 people that are at that Raw didn't buy a ticket. And until that happens, until that happens, it doesn't matter what we say. You know, there's some things that they're going to take advantage of. There's some things that they're not because you find a way for the E to make the money they make off of Cena another way. I guarantee you they'll do it. But until that time happens, you know, here's the thing. It, 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 it's and, I, and I've said this a lot of times. I compare Cena. Cena's the Hogan of our generation. When Hogan mm-hmm. came in. People, the, the, especially the majority of the fans there, the adult fans, were still licking their chops over the Brunos, the, you know, the, the Backlands, all of them. Those were their heroes. And, and, and Hogan wasn't really you know, the biggest man in the, in the park. Then they built him to be the biggest man in the park. And he was originally loved by the kids and by the young fans, and then he grew on the older fans. But what happened? As those fans got older, his act got stale. And the WWE was just a little scared to pull the trigger on pushing him the other way because of the money that they thought they could lose. And WCW didn't have that fear. They said, you know what? We'll do it. Let's do it. If we lose money, we lose money. It, you know, the worst that could happen is we bring him back to where he was and we're going to get money because people are going to be happy to see that or we're going to make money off of this, this bad guy, Hogan. And they ultimately made money. And I, I feel this is the same thing with Cena. Cena came in and people are like, the older fans, like myself, are like, I've seen this shit already. 
I've seen this from Hulk Hogan. It, it's no longer, it's no longer new. I've seen it. You're not the man. I'm sorry. You're this machine that's built. And there's a lot of attention, especially because, especially now that everything is so visible. I mean, a lot of people didn't see the things Hogan probably did behind the scenes. You know, Hogan could be a bad guy on TV and do good things behind the scenes because no one really saw it. It wasn't as visible as it was nowadays with social media. And unfortunately, because of the public perception that you have to keep, you know, Cena's not going to be a bad guy and then go and grant five wishes for Make-A-Wish kids, you know? Right. And because he's that big name, I mean, there, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of trepidation within the E, and people have to understand that. Look, there's no one more than me that wants Cena to just come out and pull a, and pull a NWO Hogan. There, there's no one more than me that wants that. But I understand the financial implications that they're worried about. They're worried if he does that, do we, lose the, do we lose the merchandise sales? Do we lose the PR? Do we lose everything that we can get from him? Because to be quite honest with you, he is a little bit of Hogan and a little bit of Bob Backlund in the fact that he is that all-American, clean-cut, Wheaties, Cheerios boy. It's mm-hmm. simple. And... That's that's the, you know that's the logic people have to follow, and I feel that we token, as fans forget it. By the same token, by the same token, taking that stereotype and flipping it into a black T-shirt and making him a bad guy would go over. It, it would, it would. But I think we know that, and I think there's people within corporate and within creative that think that. But they're worried. We don't lose money when that happens. Right. And I think there's that there's those people who who are saying, you know what? If we convince Vince, if we actually convince him to get this to happen and it flops, do you understand how many people would lose jobs? Well, I mean, take this into consideration. When was CM Punk turned heel? Now, I'll say this is probably a coincidence. CM Punk was turned heel when we got the announcement that his merch was outselling Cena's, there was your opportunity. Now, mind you, we would have lost out on all the amazing things Punk has done as a heel, but he definitely could have taken over that number one spot while Cena ran as a heel for a bit, and you wouldn't have lost shit. Sure. Granted, but then who do you, who do you put? Who do you put then when, C, when, when Punk, when you want to flip Punk again? When you want to flip Punk to another side, what do you, who do you put up there? Because that's the thing. Outside of Cena, outside of Punk, I mean, Orton's great, but Orton's better as a bad guy. You know, Sheamus, you know, I feel like he's almost being... Sheamus reminds me a bit of, unfortunately, this comparison is going to happen, a bit of Triple H's early career. I feel like he's good, but he's being forced and there has to be something that has to change with his gimmick that for him to really get over again and to really run as a viable main event guy. Ziggles is still fresh. He's good as a heel because he's a lovable heel. People like him because he is that show-off character. He is kind of a good blend of a Sean and a Ric Flair in the fact that he's going to go out there, he's going to talk, he's going to talk the talk, and then he's going to go out there and he's going to and he's going to steal that steal that match, whether he wins or he loses. He's going to look good doing it. So who, who do you put up there? Who do you put as that top babyface? And the problem is, there's really no one. It's the fault of the it's the fault of the E. Because they haven't built anyone to be that top baby face. They're, they have no viable backup. That's their fault. 
You know, this is, for example, you take them and you you compare them to a football team that has a star quarterback and has the shittiest backup in the NFL, and their star quarterback just got lost for the entire year. They have nothing. This is the in. They are the Indianapolis Colts when Peyton Manning goes down. They have nothing. I would agree. I would agree. Hey, we gotta let you go. I appreciate the phone call. Hey, um, you know, it's what make, I do. Make, make sure you're not such a stranger next time. Call in more often, man. I will. You know, like I've told Bronx before, it's, uh, I work nights, so sometimes by the time I get to the job and, and I get a chance and everything quiets down, the show's either already wrapping up or it's already over. So uh, luckily enough, the last two weeks I've been able to catch it, and it's been two, two, great, weeks of, uh, two great weeks of wrestling uh, to speak about. Uh, you know, you know, I'm always here. So reach out to me if anything. I will definitely be calling out Trey again. Good to hear you. It's great to hear you back on the waves. Uh, can't wait to hear JJ back on the waves. Bronx, like I told you last week, keep up the good work. And L train, um, the curtain's a little uh, lopsided. Got to fix that. <laughs> nice one. Nice one. I've never had the pleasure of speaking with you, Don Juan, but I'll, I'll give you that. That was a that was a nice shot right there. Hey, I may go away. Hey, I may go away, but when I come back, I still got it. You guys have a great <laughs> night. All right, take man, care, take man. care. All right. All right, guys, with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and bail. If you stay on and take some more phone calls, you're more than welcome to. It's been great hanging out with you this week, and uh, we'll be back to uh, some sense of normal to, uh, next week. Yeah, right. You liar. <laughs> Dog, it's been more than a pleasure, man. I thank you for this opportunity, and uh, good luck at work tonight. Yeah, like I said, man, we got things that we're going to bounce around idea-wise off JJ, some changes coming up in the future before the show, um, some different things we're bringing back, some things we're going to add for the first time. So just stay tuned. Keep your eyes on the Facebook page, and uh, I'll see you guys next week. These guys are going to take more of your phone calls. I will uh, see you guys on the Facebook page later on. Peace out, dog. See you, man. Well, guys, I haven't gotten any emails yet to WNLShow at Yahoo.com. I'll keep that open a little longer. If anyone wants to call in, 501-588-7957, 501-588-7957, or add Sunday Night Showdown to your Skype. So, you know, if you want to call us, call us. If you want to email us, email us. If not, L-Train and I will retire for the evening. <laughs> it's been crazy man good call by don Juan. I mean, that, that's a passionate guy right there man <laughs> yeah with the times that i've uh, i've heard him call in before on the shows i mean the dude goes in depth when he when he when he goes when he goes in with his calls he makes them count i'll tell you that much right now man it's been all about new york this week i'll tell you l train it's been all about my city welcome to wrestling news live who's this Yo, what's going on, guys? You just had one New Yorker, and now you got another New Yorker here. It's Sandro. What's going on? What's up, brother? Latino! <laughs> uh, I just got, got home from work a little while ago, so I just called uh, what's left of WNL. But, uh, man, what a crazy week of wrestling, huh? So, wait a minute. At what point did you start listening to us? Uh, probably about like 30 minutes ago. Okay, I deeply apologize for the archive. Let me just say this. 
the millisecond it's up, or if you want to listen to the replay tomorrow on the stream on SNSRadioNetwork.com, it, it, it got, I don't know how L train didn't hang up. I mean, I was about to hang up and I've been doing this a lot longer than him. This show is right now. We have the hazmat team here because (laughs) you know, L train and I managed to, to, to burrow out of the wreckage, but you need the archive. Believe me, you don't want it. You need it. But what's on your mind, man? (laughs) Oh, I can imagine what I'm waiting to hear tomorrow, but, uh, Man, what a great uh, 72 hours. This is just crazy uh, week of wrestling. Uh, WrestleMania. Um, it, was, it was a good show in my opinion. You know, a couple of ups, a couple of downs. Uh, definitely match of the night was definitely Taker and Punk. I mean, unbelievable match uh, from start to finish. Um, I think Undertaker showed that he can still go. Um, despite that he looked kind of, uh, he wasn't in good shape uh, before, like last year, I think it was Raw and Raw 1000, he, he looked like in bad shape. But this past Sunday, he looked like he was like the old taker, you know, like in his prime. Yeah. Well, um, if, I, if I could jump in on this real quick, I think it, it kind of reminds me of a quote Mick Foley said once, uh, I'm not as good as I once was, but on this night, I'll be as good as I ever was. I think that's sort of how it is with Taker and WrestleMania. Like, I, I'm i not sure if it was Cole who said it. I think it was last night on Raw. But how he always associated um, Shawn Michaels with being Mr. WrestleMania, how he always delivers. I think Cole said a similar quote about The Undertaker last night on uh, on Raw. I mean, it's... I, Undertaker has reached that upper echelon of people who are synonymous with the big one with WrestleMania. You've got Shawn Michaels, and hands down, you've got the Undertaker. Right, and just great storytelling uh, in that match. And you know, I was kind of disappointed that 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 table didn't break. Uh, man, a Punk landed really hard on that table on the edge when he hit that elbow. Uh, apparently that uh, table was Japanese, I guess. I don't know. Um, That's not Adamantium. <laughs> it was like Wolverine. That fucking table went nowhere. Yeah. I was like, shit. And then fucking Triple H gets suplexed right, right through the damn thing by Brock. And I mean, yeah. Yeah, that was like right after that match. I'm like, okay, the. The table didn't break, but now when Brock and Hunter go at it, the table breaks. It was like, what the fuck? Well, well, let, well, let's do a comparison. Two different bodies going through there. There's CM Punk jumping off the top, which, yeah, that shocked me that it didn't break. And then you've got Triple H, pretty built dude, getting thrown through it by Brock Lesnar. I'm pretty sure even the table ain't going to – the table would have been like, let's see, I'm either going to stand here and take this shit or, okay, no, Brock Lesnar's throwing someone through me. Fuck it. I'm out. It almost reminds me of when Kurt Angle, and I believe he told this story on Wrestling News Live, was trying to throw Shane through the glass, and the dumbasses, instead of putting candy glass, put plexiglass. Oh, God. That was crazy. It's almost like last night someone said, let's buy the most expensive, well-built fucking announcer table we can get and put it out there for the guys to get crippled on. Sounds good to me. 
I'm telling you, I legit felt bad for Punk when I saw that. When I saw his knee hit after that elbow, I was like, oh, damn. I, I hope he's I hope he ain't legit hurt because I mean just seeing that just seeing that shit, I did not like that. Yeah, and he still went through with the match, you know, and and it showed that it didn't even phase him, but uh, you know, apparently he is hurt. You know, and we didn't see him last night on Raw. So uh, I hope we'll see him in the next couple of weeks. But uh, speaking of the uh, Lesnar and Triple H match, I know a lot of people gave a lot of flack that, you know, it wasn't good or, you know, it was kind of slow or whatever. But I actually enjoyed it for what it was. I, I think that when uh, Hunter did the uh, Kimura lock on Lesnar like three times, I'm like, holy shit, like, this guy is trying to beat Brock at his own game. And, you know, he kept going and going until, you know, he hit the, the pedigree on the steps, which I thought was, like, crazy. Like, oh, snap. And uh, I'm glad that he went over. Um, and it it was so funny when um, Lesnar, after, I think it was after he hit the table on uh, Triple H on the table on the outside, he, his facial expression, when he was like, I was like, I was just laughing my ass off. I'm like, somebody's going to make a meme out of that. <laughs> Dude, that was Bork Laser on Sunday, man. That was legit Bork Laser. <laughs> very, very true. And but, go ahead. No, like I said, it, it's mixed reactions I'm getting. I mean, you know, it'll be it'll be fun next week to talk to JJ and see what his, you know, how he perceived it because I've gone to Raws and you know watched him as a fan in the audience and then gone home and watched my DVR and it's a different show. I mean, oh, yeah. it is. Yes, very true. Now, on to last night. Man, that crowd. I have not heard a crowd like that in years. Unbelievable. The crowd was just fantastic. I was just laughing my ass off. From where they were doing chants, where they were started with the Olay chant, you know, then they go into the you know JBL, Jerry King Lawler, and then Cole, and then to top it all off, they they literally like hummed the fan dingle chant, and I cannot believe they did that. I was laughing my ass off, and from what I'm hearing from reports, they were actually do they were actually cheering like the pretzel guy in the stand. And they were chanting for the like, ice cream man, and like the guy was like literally raising his arm, like "Yeah, cheer for me!" <laughs> I cannot believe it. This was like a great wrestling show last night on national television. Just great. we want pretzels. I think was the chant. Oh yeah. God! <laughs> I'll tell you when I heard that Olay chant started. I I legit for a second did think of you, Ashley, and uh, Randy on whole indie show. I was like, holy shit, they got a generico chant going. Yeah, apparently they wanted a uh, a Sammy Singh chant. I guess I don't know. <laughs> oh god, just great. And I'm really wondering if the fans for next week's Raw is gonna try to do the same thing because if they don't. Oh, oh God. God. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, do it. I'm dancing with my fingers in the air. <laughs> oh, man. Dude, it's... I swear to God, 
when I went to sleep, that that song was still in my head. Man. That's how big of an impact that that whole thing was. The weird thing is, the my in my head, it was going from the song to the fans humming. It was like going back and forth. Yeah. <laughs> but next week's Raw, that is a big test for the fans. I don't even know where they're going to be at, but that's going to be a big test if that if that chant is still going on. That that whole thing. That made Fandango a star, in my opinion. Well, oh, oh, wait, wait. wait. Sando, you, did, you didn't say the name right, man. Come on now. Uh, I don't want to say it, man. I'm tired, bro. I, I mean, <laughs> well, if you're tired, if, we got some more calls. Get the fuck out. <laughs> oh, it's going to be like that now? <laughs> bro, you know I love you. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, but no, but seriously though, uh, great time watching um, Raw last night. I actually managed to watch the last fifteen minutes of the Hall of Fame. Managed to catch up Bruno San Martino's speech. Uh, great to see it, and who would have ever thought that we were able to see Vince McMahon and Bruno in the same in the same stage? Who would have thought that would ever happen? Yeah, man, no, no doubt. I mean. Look, money talks, and I think deep down Vince McMahon has a, a lot a lot more heart than we give him credit for. I think Vince is a guy who wants to just live that character as long as he can. But, yeah, I, I was damn proud to hear Bruno getting in. It, it was a great Hall of Fame. I might, as much as I'm pissed off, buy the DVD because it's – and Foley, Foley is one of my all-time favorites. He's in my top five. So – I definitely want to see that uncut. Yeah, the only the only uh, Hall of Fame DVD I ever had was the one that came with WrestleMania 21, and somehow I lost that one. I never even got to see it. I'm definitely going to have to get this Hall of Fame one when it comes out because I'm I'm one of the people. I never thought we'd see Bruno go in while he and Vince both walked the earth. I never thought it would happen. Yeah, it's just a great. I'm just glad it happened, uh, especially here in the Garden. You know, just a great moment. I can't wait to see the DVD myself. But, uh, you know, with that being said, uh, i got nothing else to say. Uh, I'm actually looking forward to hearing the archive. Uh, I can pretty much know what I'm expecting. But uh, oh, uh, uh, one, one bit of advice, uh, Sandro. Yeah. When you listen to the archive, mm-hmm. I, not, I, not that I would ever say you do, but if you have any kids around, I particularly when we get to story time, I would say make sure they're out of the room. It, just, just a hunch. Yeah, and empty your bladder before you listen to it. <laughs> You'll end up with an accident. I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> Anyways, with that being said, uh, you guys are doing a great job, especially you, L-Train. Uh, I'm guessing you actually have a headset this time? Yeah, I do, man. Turtle Beach. This shit's, uh, Apparently, it's coming in loud and clear. Well, that's good to hear. You're coming in loud and clear. You guys are doing great. Uh, I'll talk to you guys next time. Peace, man. And the hits just keep on coming. Welcome to Wrestling News Live. Who's this? Hey, guys. It's Mac Daddy. Mac! (laughs) Good to finally get to talk to you, Hiltrain. We've actually, uh, you know, been talking online for, seems like, the last two years. Oh, that's Uh, right, man. Well, well, you've heard me only on the shows. The only time other than this I've ever heard you is uh, over on one of the Portal 2 uh, multiplayer games. Yep. 
And Bronx, good to talk to you again. Same here, man. Anytime. Okay, I'm just going to start from WrestleMania and work my way forward <laughs> through time. Um, <laughs> first thing I want to know is, did either one of you get to catch the uh, pre- and post-WrestleMania shows on the uh, YouTube channel for WWE? Uh, I was hearing a little bit. I think I think on mobile I caught it a little, but I didn't. I, I didn't see like the whole match between Miz and Barrett, so I can't really. Um, I can't really give a review on that. All I know is that they were having like a uh, kind of. It funny it was brought up earlier today on the show. Uh, kind of like a sports center set up with Jim Ross, Dusty Rhodes, um, Kofi Kingston, and I think somebody else there. Is- um, Scott Stanford was like the moderator asking the questions. That's right. Um, but I mean, I really love that format. I've actually been thinking about, they should have done that for years now, especially for WrestleMania. It's your big event. Have like an hour long pre-show where you have legends like JR and Dusty Rhodes on there giving their opinions on, uh, what's going to happen that night. And then the post show where they went over every, every match pretty much. Um, it was just really great to see that. And I hope they keep doing that. If not for every pay-per-view, at least for WrestleMania and maybe SummerSlam or something. Um, but as far as the actual WrestleMania event goes, uh, it wasn't a bad show. Like I didn't walk away from it like, oh, man, I sucks that I spent four hours watching that. But as a WrestleMania, there's just something missing for me. I don't know what it was. I can't even put my finger on it, exactly what it was. But there was something missing for me for the through the whole night, except for Punk Taker, which was awesome. And I enjoyed the Triple H Brock match, but the crowd was dead for that nearly entire match, and it just really, you know, made me uncomfortable watching it because the guys were putting in such good hard work, but they weren't getting the reactions that they should have been getting. Well, well what's well, interesting is, you know, we talk about the crowd last night, and everyone says, "Oh, it's a Jersey crowd." Well, yeah, but I've looked at the videos, heard the accents of people talking. That was what was left over of the Mania crowd. And what was strange was how they reacted last night as opposed to how they reacted at Mania. Now, I couldn't hear the crowd reactions, but I'll take your word for it. And it's a lot of people have been saying it throughout the day. It's it's just weird. You know, um, something that I had thought about, I didn't I thought that the whole reason that the crowd sounded kind of flat for um, Brock versus Triple H was because it followed Punk Taker. I mean, it kind of reminded me of WrestleMania 25. Like after Shawn Michaels and Taker had their match, the crowd seemed a little flat for um, Orton versus Triple H. And I mean, I, I, I've gone back and forth. I, in all honesty, from Sunday, as big a tr- uh, uh, Undertaker fan as I am, I, I sort of thought that Brock and Triple H had match of the night. I mean, they really freaking just almost tore the house down, literally. And it, it, it is, now that you bring it up, it is kind of funny that. You know, they seem kind of flat for it, and yet you look back at last night. I completely forgot about the fact that a lot of the people who were in the crowd were probably people from overseas who had, who had purchased raw tickets or uh, no cowgirl. I don't think all of them were drunk, but probably a few of them. Um, <laughs> but but uh, yeah, I didn't. That thought didn't even cross my mind that these are probably some people who are staying over from you know from somewhere overseas and they're checking out raw the next night. And I wonder if some of them are also at SmackDown tonight. Yeah, and um, I'm I was really surprised that the WWE did those three back those three big matches back to back like they did. You, you know, usually they don't do that stuff, and like people were complaining because Punk and Taker were placed where they were, you know, near the middle of the show is when the match started. 
And I was kind of surprised it wasn't earlier in the night because I thought they would do at the top of each hour one of the big three and then have, you know, some filler in between the, like, it goes a half hour and then the next half hour is kind of, you know, other matches let the crowd cool down. But I was not expecting them to go back to back. And I mean, they were even kind of dead for the beginning of the Rock Cena match and they picked up towards the end of it. But it was just that whole Triple H, uh, Brock match was, it just wasn't getting, it wasn't getting the reactions it should have got. Well, you got, oh, sorry, uh, Bronx, uh, go ahead. I was just going to say, it was almost like the blocking and the timing was, you know, what was off. Not so much the matches or the pay-per-view itself, but the, the way it was blocked, the order of the matches. It, it To me, it felt a little rushed. Well, well, yeah. I mean, you also think about the fact that eight-person tag, it didn't happen because they were running short on time. Right. And we didn't even get America the Beautiful, which is like a WrestleMania tradition. They had to cut that, too. Um, but going on to um, Raw last night, uh, I'm entertained by Raw, you know, most of the week. But when I say entertained, I mean I'm not bored to tears for the three hours that I'm watching it. Um, but last night was the first time in a long time that I actually had fun watching it, like where I was like, this is fun to watch Raw instead of, you know, I'm not bored. This is something to do. Um, I Like you said, Bronx, if they had said, oh, we're going to extend Raw for another hour, I would have actually cheered that uh, instead of, you know, groaning about it. But um, the crowd was nuts. Uh, I think my favorite part was them chanting for JBL and then starting to chant for King and JBL saying, oh, you'll never get a chant, Cole. And then five seconds later, they started Michael Cole chant <laughs> like it was on cue. Um. But the weirdest point of the show last night wasn't the crowd for me. It was the point during Randy Orton's promo in the ring where he just stops mid-sentence, walks over oh, to Sheamus God. in front of the world and asks, oh. what's my line? <laughs> and Sheamus has to sit there and tell him his line without trying to hide it, just blatantly tell him his line, and can then we, Orton go and try to finish it out. Can we please get Drew Carey back as a guest host? With all the derailment of this show, that was a topic I wanted to bring up, and you reminded me of it. <laughs> It, it was like, uh, Orton's like, okay, so tonight, tonight, we, and what was funny is he keeps walking towards Seamus and Seamus keeps backing off because he doesn't know what the fuck's going on. Did you notice that? It was yeah. like every time Orton tried to get near Seamus, Seamus would walk away like this isn't part of the shit. And then you have that one moment where Orton's like, is me or you? Am I supposed to say this or are you supposed to say this? And you could see Seamus was like, the fuck? And then explained to Orton what was going on, and Orton continued. You that- know the funny thing? I, 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 I did not notice that until I saw it today. I remember seeing like a, a pause between um, when Orton had first talked and when he had stopped, and I regularly remember him walking up to Seamus and then walking away. I remember the pause, and I just remember thinking, that thing kind of long. I didn't think of looking back as I didn't notice the what's my line thing until I looked back at it. I was like, oh my, he really just fucking did that. <laughs> and bravo for Seamus for knowing Orton's lines for him because if he hadn't <laughs> known him, what would they have done? I guess Orton would just made up some stuff there sitting there. But <laughs> would have been funny if Seamus fed him something, some bullshit. <laughs> well, I he mean, might have. Well, I mean, you know, Orton already has two strikes, so let's hope. <laughs> forget what I was talking about. Uh-oh. It's the Bronx father, the remix, because I got high. 
let's, you know, let's hope. I mean, come on, dude. I could see if this was some kid who just came up from NXT. I could see if it was Fandango. I could see if it was anyone else. But come on, Orton, really? You forget your lines? That'd be like me forgetting to put pants on in the morning. Well, I mean, it's happened. That's a lovely image. Thank you, Bronx. (laughs) It's happened once or twice. But I mean, still, not on (laughs) national TV. And it wasn't an overly complicated promo that he had to cut. I mean, it was, oh, you want to fight Big Show? I want to fight Big Show. Who does, who does the crowd want to see fight Big Show? That was it, pretty much. I don't know how you forget that. but um, The other thing was, of course, the Ryback, uh, well, I'm not going to say hill turn, but turn on John Cena. Um, the only thing I question about it, you know, everybody's saying it's not a hill turn or it is, or it's just, you know, him becoming a badass or whatever, but he did give Cena after he did the shell shock, the uh, like a little F use, you know, sign with his forearm, like he was giving him the finger. And, you know, I, I, if they go in the heel direction with him, he'll be just a Brock Lesnar type of heel where, you know, he's not going to come out and be a cowardly heel where he runs away. He's just going to come out and beat the crap out of people. Man, the way you could maybe save it is in a week or two, Cena comes out and calls out Ryback. And say, look, you know, what was up with that, man? Why did you put your hands on me? And I would hope Ryback's capable of doing this. But have him get on the mic and say, look, it wasn't anything personal, John. But you know what? The last three, four, and mention this. The last three, four times on the pay-per-view, I've come up short. I want to prove myself. And I'm willing to go through anyone, including you, to do it. Then you have him in that tweener role. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Right. I kind of think that's where they're going because, uh, look, the big badass guys are always heel. Ryback has been doing, a, and forget the chant, a Goldberg-like job of being that big badass you know, guy who's kind of in between and doesn't care about anyone. Keep it that way. If they turn him full heel, I'd be disappointed. Yeah, and well, and Jim on the uh, Facebook page says that he has a source saying that Paul Heyman will manage um, Ryback. Um, I mean, I can't see that, but if it happened, I guess they could spin it like, you know, Paul Heyman was always a thorn in his side, you know, costing him matches and stuff, and Ryback just finally figured out, you know what, guys who have powerful friends get the benefits, uh, you know, I'll... I'm good by myself, and I have Paul Heyman. I'm, he can take me to that next level. And let's face it, Ryback, Ryback can't cut a promo. I mean, Ultimate Warrior can cut a better promo than Ryback can. and So he needs some kind of mouthpiece, I think, uh, if he's going to be a heel. Uh, face, it really doesn't matter as much, but a heel, he really needs a mouthpiece like Jack Swagger has with Zeb Coulter. Well, first off, I'll say this, you know, and I'll bring it up. Guys, if you want to tell us you have a source – you got to give it to us. I mean, that's the bottom line. I could say I have a source of, you know, the world's going to end tomorrow. But really, when you say shit like that, make sure you can back it up. That's all I'll say. Well, you mentioned it, Bronx. Zack Ryder won last night. Shit, don't be trying to jinx us with that. Right. But, you know, don't don't tell me you've got a source and who is it and I get no answer. But, you know, you make some valid points. And I agree. That's what I think Ryback should be. That's what I think he will be. 
my, my only problem in all of this, and I said this before, is everyone's catapulting Ryback into the title picture. Well, Rock still has a rematch clause, and Mark Henry beat Ryback. So if Mark Henry came out next week and said, hey, wait a minute, bitch, really? You came out and made a statement, but I still beat your ass. I well, mean, I, it's going to get interesting. Yeah, I, I think they'll play off that next week where Henry, you know, Ryback comes out saying that he wants the title, and Henry says, well, I beat you at Mania. Why don't I get the title shot? I mean, what makes you better than me? And then they'll have a match probably next week on Raw, and I think Ryback will go over. Um, but you speaking of The Rock still being the number one contender, I have a feeling, uh, and I, we said this, you know, two years ago when they announced, or last year when they announced, uh, or whenever it was, when they <laughs> announced they were going to have the match between him and Cena at 28. Um, we said when the moment when it starts to interfere with his movie career is when he'll stop. And the fact that this injury might, you know, hurt his chances of being able to film the Hercules movie, I have a feeling that might be the last we see of The Rock in the ring. I mean, he was doing the whole thank you thing to the fans as he was leaving. I mean, it looked like that was going to be it for him in the ring. And that might be why they didn't do the Brock Lesnar segment last night with him. Well, I mean, look at it this way. You look at football teams. You know, when, uh, who was it? Oh, Big Ben. When he was the guest, you know, Raw GM, they said, yeah, you know what? You can go on Raw, but no one can touch you. We don't care if it's worked. No one can touch you because we've got millions of dollars invested in you. And we don't want you or anyone on our team to even accidentally get hurt. So Roethlisberger comes out. He had his team with him. No one touched him. Well, if I'm a movie studio and I'm getting ready to pay The Rock $40 million and there's a chance that my movie schedule, my filming schedule can be delayed because The Rock might get hurt in the ring. Yeah, I might tell The Rock, listen. You don't need Vince's money. We're paying you 25 fucking million dollars. We want to make sure you're healthy and we can get this film out on time. We don't want you wrestling. And not for nothing, if I'm the guy paying the money, I think that's a legit request. Yeah, and if he does want to come back to a match, we'll have to make sure it's like a point where he doesn't have have to film a movie for six months or something where he has the time to heal up if he does get injured. Um, but playing off of that, Last night, John Cena comes out, and did it seem like to y'all like he was just a lot looser than he normally is? Like he had the weight lifted off, the weight of the world lifted off his shoulders the night before, like this two-year weight of The Rock, like he's going to face The Rock for two straight years at WrestleMania, and knowing that, you know, if it doesn't do well, it's probably going to be on him just because The Rock has a proven track record of being a, you know, a good draw. And knowing that he's going to have to produce those matches and now it finally being over and him getting the win and getting the title, it was like he was free to do whatever he wanted last night. And, you know, he did the dance in the ring and everything. And he just seemed he was uh, in a lot better place than he had been the last couple of years. Back to the old Cena. Kind yeah. of, you know. Train, what do you got to say? Uh, well, you know, I, I mentioned this to uh, <clears throat> Bronx, I think, uh, off air. It was... It was the fact that you know there's there's always gonna be some some hate for Cena. It's just it's it's kind of a given at this point. But there were legitimate moments last night that I actually laughed because what he was doing was funny. Like we always get on him about the whole cheesy kitty, you know, play into the six year old type of humor. 
the the fact that he did as we saw earlier on in the week the little heel turn thing everybody was seeing that and they were they were cheering for him in the audience and then in the match with uh with Mark Henry while they were still doing the little fandango humming which I couldn't believe they were still doing that shit about a half hour after the match or something and then you also and then while they're still humming that Cena does this little salsa move or whatever it was and the crowd was cheering that also so you know as long as he can, as long as he does stuff that is legitimately funny, not dumbed down, but it's something that everybody can laugh at, then, you know, I don't see a problem with it. I mean, hell, they were laughing when the crowd was chanting sexual chocolate one at the start of the show, and then Cena busts out the line. They're confused. They want to have sex with chocolate. <laughs> yeah, he was, he was a lot better last night than he normally is. Um, just seems like a lot more free to me. Um, but that's all I got, guys. I know it's getting kind of late, so I'll go ahead and jump off and uh, let y'all carry on with the show. All right, man. Take care. Thanks. You too. Well, guys, you know what? I'm going to take one more phone call. We've had some really good long phone calls tonight. Thus far, I haven't gotten any emails. So if you want to call in one more time, 501-588-7957. Uh, Sunday Night Showdown, add it to your Skype. If you don't call in soon, we will wrap this up. But, you know, man, it's it's been a crazy, crazy 24 hours. Just, you know, with the WrestleMania, with Raw. And I, I think, shit, in my mind, Raw sticks out even more than WrestleMania did. Well, after last night, how could it not, man? I mean, WrestleMania is always going to be immortalized. You know, no, no matter what, I mean, you don't get to doing it for 29 years without it being, you know, without being it being solidified in history. That's a given. But it's there's few times that you can really remember a Raw following a WrestleMania. I think last year you could because that was when we saw Brock Lesnar return. Last night there were so many moments that that were made memorable for you from what was it from uh, from I would say partially seeing the Ryback thing, seeing the crowd, Ziggler cashing in and winning the belt. I mean, when something following a WrestleMania can do that, that's a pretty damn good thing. Well, somebody answered the call. We do have one more call. Welcome to Wrestling News Live. Who's this? It's me, Barbarian. I just wanted to say El Train, you're doing a very good job. Um, I'm happy to hear Trey's got, got your back. Um, and, uh, the Bronx, did you get my, uh, did you see that video I put up, uh, last week about the, with that guy talking about Xbox? Yeah. The one with the, the guy with the long, did you say Xbox or Xbox? Xbox. No, I'm not talking about assholes. Oh yeah. Homeboy with, <laughs> homeboy with the long beard who went on a 10, 15 minute rant about Xbox wanting to, uh, you know, the fact that you need to be online is too fucking bad. <laughs> yeah, I've been watching him for a very long time. He's a very cool guy. Um, but anyway, I just wanted to say, I just want to quickly say uh, you're doing a good job, Al Train, and I hope you hear your voice more often on the radio state on the SNS, and uh, Bronx, you two are doing a good job as well. Um, and uh, remind Andy that he has, to, he has to own up his bet. Wow. You know, I love Andy's comments on, you know, like the, the 
cash in of money in the bank. Oh, it's cheap. Well, this was one of them that wasn't that cheap. I mean, you know, come on. Look, I said it myself. If money in the bank was a shoot, I would take a referee and a timekeeper to your house at 3 a.m., pin your ass right there, oh, and a cameraman, too, and cash in. That's what heels do. I mean, come on, get over it. Yeah, well, I'm hoping that, uh, that Andy does cuss. <laughs> but uh, that's all I have to say, so you guys have a good night. All right, Barbarian, take care, man. Yeah, and I'll train. I'll hear your voice again. Bye. Hey, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, I know I said the calls were over, but somebody I hear wants to call in. I'm giving him 30 seconds to do so. Really? Get in. Yes, I know who it is. If he can get in in 30 seconds, that's great. If he can't, I'm going to tell Brassside to hang up on him. <laughs> the clock is a ticking. Uh Brooks, while we're waiting on that uh, person, there was something that I think it was in Don Juan's chat or, or uh, call. It, it might have been Latinos, but I think it was Don Juan. He had mentioned about the fact that uh, uh, what was it that you know Cena is kind of like the, the the role model for the kids and all that. There was something that kind of popped into my head. What if it was uh, what if what if it was kind of the reverse and they made this whole you know wholesome American thing? What if they would have done that with CM Punk when he came in? You know, following up on his whole drug-free, alcohol-free kind of thing. What if they would have made him that role model that is kind of the, uh, you know, kind of like the the honoring wishes and all that? I mean, it's a little bit of a fantasy booking thing, but what would you think about that if that's how they would have gone? Wow. I'd be okay with that. I mean, what I like is this time of year. It's great. You know, that, that we can put out all these scenarios, but... I lost count. I'll say he made it. Welcome to Wrestling News Live. Who's this? Hey, the Bronx is Anthony. Oh, my God. <laughs> he doesn't okay. like the dread in that voice, Train. <laughs> <laughs> I did not think I'd be hearing from you tonight, man. Well, first, I've got to say that you've done a good job on WNL, and I wouldn't mind you probably becoming someone a semi-regular host on some of the shows. You know, what was funny, I told L-Train before the show, this is hilarious, and I hope JJ's home and listening to this, because if he hears me say this, he's going to pass out from laughing. I really don't want to go more than two, two and a half hours, Train. You know, this show <laughs> never goes over time. <laughs> Just unreal. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're going as long as you are. I'm surprised he doesn't punch you like he did like the Cookie Monster. He probably want, he wanted you to do. Oh, don't restart that shit. I'm too tired. God, I, I still can't believe that. I heard that shit. Dad, the whole Elmo thing, what the hell? Well, I guess they heat off Elmo for a little while. You're all this bad press with the voice actor for him. Hey, hey, you hear about this? This fucking uh, Cookie Monster in New York, he got arrested for shoving down a little kid. Uh, going talking about WrestleMania, I admit it's not one of the better shows they've done in its history, but it wasn't one of the bad ones. It's more or less in that middle ground. And definitely the Punk-Taker match was the match of the night. Yeah, punk, oh. punk, it was it was pretty obvious it would be. I mean, Punk-Taker, 
come, I mean, come on. You, people were, have been excited about that the moment Punk won the number one, uh, <laughs> the number one contendership, like it's a title. But I mean, hell, you, you're facing the Undertaker at WrestleMania. I mean, that's that's about as as big as any title match that's going to be happening. Well, what's funny is, you know, they say Punk wants to take time off, but yet next week he's going to come out and talk about his mania loss. Do you think he does a promo that allows him to go away for a while, or do you think he stays on? Uh, damn. I, I, think, I think it's going to depend on how bad the injury is. I mean, we remember before when he had that match with Kane, there were people who were saying that, you know, he was kind of downplaying the injury so that he wouldn't have to take any time off. Considering what happened at WrestleMania, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it, I think it all depends on how legitimately bad the uh, injury is. Farley, what do you think? I'm just hoping they don't do something like they have some heel come out and attack him and make him a face when he comes back. Because Punk's good right now as a heel. Just stay as a heel. Oh, see, I don't know about that. I'm wondering, depending on what goes down with Cena, if you have Punk come back and say, you know what, I wish we had the fantasy booking sounder. He comes back and says, hey, wait a minute. You know, I realized something. I lost my title. I failed to the taker. And I can blame it all on one person. The one person who told me that I didn't need you people. The one person who drove into my head that I could go out on my own and shit all over, well, not literally say the word shit, but crap all over you people, and that's Paul Heyman. And Paul Heyman comes out, he pleads his case. Punk says, you know what, Paul? You've ruined my career for the longest time. You're fired. And in that one promo, you could turn Punk face again. Instead of possibly a Punk punk leather match down the road? Yes, absolutely. You, you, you got it, bro. Because uh, Punk only turned heel because the WWE wanted it. The fans didn't want it. Now, mind you, he's done a phenomenal job as a heel. But even when he's pouring ashes on Undertaker, there are still people cheering. You can't ignore that. True. And we've been on speculating that with the Shield trying to tag Undertaker on Raw, that might set up like some kind of six-man tag at the next review. Why don't we just set up the shield to beat Hell No for the tag belts? I think that's going to happen sooner rather than later, in all honesty. I mean, the role they've been on, I think it's going to be like that. And something that they did back when the Spirit Squad was around, I think they might have it like as a... What is it? Uh, exactly, exactly. Like you have a, two different members of the shield defending those belts at a random time. And there was all the questions that they should add another member to the Shield. I'm like, uh, they're okay right now just as a three-man group. Because then another man will be like, kind of like, why do you need them? Yeah, I agree. You know, I was I was talking about that Sunday, and it didn't make air, unfortunately. But, you know, I think they're fine with three guys right now. You don't want to get that NWO slash Aces and Eight syndrome in there where you've got, you know, six, seven, eight, nine guys. I mean, shit, when just follow me here. When Nexus debuted, there were seven members. Did they have the impact or the wins that the three man shield has right now? 
Which group in your mind is more powerful? I say the shield. Yeah, but we also got to remember the next is when they were all just starting up, they lost Daniel Bryan. So mm. that kind of hurt the group right there. So, well, yeah, I mean, but, you also, right, but. Well, you also got to remember, I mean, even though they lost Daniel Bryan, there were still seven of them. And much like the shield, they were also, um, uh, what is it? They were also still taking out people at um, at random points, and you know I think was it JJ's mentioned it plenty of times that uh, you know the the match at 2010 when the Shield in all likelihood should have gone over, they lost that match. For the past I want to say five months or so, you had the Shield in matches. They've been dominant. They've still been doing the random attacks, and so far as as far as you know tag team matches go with all three of them as a group they're undefeated imagine what happens if this match is set for extreme rules if you've got the shield versus kane daniel bryan and the undertaker and with all the names that they've beaten so far if they take out those three especially the undertaker you know you've got these guys as made men that's true and uh... There was people saying that likely it's going to be Ryback versus Cena at the next pay-per-view, and Cena might likely win. But what's happening if they have Ryback lose? Because remember, Triple H came back from that first quadricep injury, beat Jericho for the belt, then lost it the next month to Hogan. So it could happen again. Man, if... <sighs> this is a hard one. You've already given Ryback the, stig the stigma of failing at pay-per-views. And I know failing is a big word, but it's true. He fails at another pay-per-view. You're going to go into the next one expecting him to fail. You're not going to care. You're not going to want to spend money on a Ryback match at a pay-per-view when you know he's going to fail. You're setting a fucking precedence. And, and he yeah. said it's going to be a one-on-one match. You could add Mark Henry, make it a triple threat, and then have Henry take the pin. Yeah, but that sets him up to lose again. That's a perfect way for Ryback to lose again with Cena pinning Mark Henry, and then again, Ryback, I'm sorry, at a pay-per-view looks like shit. I mean, I know JJ will, might argue this with me, but at some point, he has to succeed on a pay-per-view. He has to. Yeah, that's true. And um, I hope that with the, how the fans have been reacting to the Fandango's theme on Raw and apparently on SmackDown, they don't decide, oh, let's somewhat consider putting Fandango as a face because the fans were popular with um, Andy Orton when he was a heel. They turned them face. Look how that went. <laughs> I don't know what it is tonight. I'm loving the fact that it, maybe it's my maybe it's my headphones, but for some reason I keep on hearing Fandingo whenever somebody's talking about him. I don't know if you guys are thinking back to the Jericho thing, the Fandingo ate my baby. I mean, there's a whole bunch of shit. You got the fucking Fandingo ate my baby, the Fandingo warrior, whatever, whatever, fucking gimmick change or whatever. <laughs> you said oh, that's damn cool. it. God damn it. You got to stop saying it, man. He just can pop up at any time. Well, he's like the candy man? Yep. <laughs> when, you say, when you say his name right three times, the music plays. Well, then he'll never pop up. Then who the hell? You can't even say his name right once. <laughs> I mean, I literally, you know, have no control over this. It's just happening. 
And speaking of which, you all plan to JJ to say your name right on the when you're hosting with them. Why not ask him to train to do the same? I already, I already know how to say Bronx's name right. Come on, man. Let's clear the mic. <clears throat> say it. I already know. The Bronx father, Tony Ribeiro. I know how to say this name. <clears throat> wait a minute. Wait a minute. Mirabera, Mirabera, the first one of the night before we close out. Give that motherfucker a buzzer. <clears throat> there you go. All right, I, I apologize, Mirabella. All right, all right, let's try this. Tony Jabuna! Brassai. Brassai, how is that wrong? Come on, man. Well, see, it, it's rare when I can call a buzzer. You know, in fact, give Anthony a buzzer for calling in, you know, in more than the 30 seconds I gave and uh, Brass, if you're listening right now, can you give Bronx a buzzer for not having that hundred bucks for JJ? Thank you. Stop! 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 stop. <laughs> Hold on a second, motherfucker. This is his first show. He doesn't call buzzers. I'm about to boot your ass. Really? Who says you didn't deserve one anyway? I know, you're letting brass I produce. You don't think it's going to be hit craziness going to happen? Fuck all of you. <laughs> well, well, no, see, Bronx doesn't make it all the way through the open book, and really nobody ever does, but <laughs> oh, you know, there, there's a reason Here for that. So he doesn't know how insane I get in the third segment, or used to before I retri- retired. Oh, I said retired. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Dear God, what the hell has this show got to? Jesus oh, started banging his head against the wall, going like, "What did I leave these guys in charge?" Anthony, you know how it is on Open Book, man. When you or I call on on the show, it's bad. Yeah, we're one of the few people actually call into the show. show and the you oh, and I are at the same time. Oh, Anthony, what a fuck! I, yo, I gotta applaud you for that one. That was a good shot. <laughs> Luckily, I was talking, so I didn't hear him. Ah, oh, damn it. No, I got to hear the archive. <laughs> Man, you're going to get that what? ego like me where I go back and listen to shows I was actually on. <laughs> oh, God. All right. This whole thing has turned into a clusterfuck. Anthony, anything else? What do you mean has? It's been a clusterfuck since the damn show started. Well, yeah. yeah it, was, it was around the 7 o'clock mark, I think. That yeah, it, we it need was. a train wreck sounder or something for these shows. Well, we can just do a fast replay of Sonny's life. That's a train wreck. Oh, wow. I mean, bro. If I can speed it up to like 30 seconds, we're good. Jeez. <laughs> or, or if you really want to talk train wreck, we can just get some video on the stream and put up an X-ray of Xbox asshole. Wow! Yeah, you're really ripping into Waltman more than Ray is. Well, see, when Trey leaves, I have to try to be comedy relief. The problem is, I usually fail. So you know what? I, I know Trey and JJ will appreciate this. Brassai, give me a buzzer for just attempting to be funny. There you go. 
right, I'm just going to end this show, uh, end my call right now before the show goes more crazy than it has already. Good well, job, guys. It's so crazy because it's ending. <laughs> yeah, uh, one more thing. What are you opinion about New Jack Grandly finally retiring? Hmm. I, I kind of like the segment with him and, and the Necro Butcher where he says, I got two words for you. Thank you. I mean, it's almost like I, I, I like New Jack and I hate him for the shit he said about Lawler and some of the shit he's done. I would pray that that's the character. To this day, I still say at some point, I think I could talk to that motherfucker. I really do. Yeah, but like... Please, Mr. New Jack, I didn't do, mean it. Don't kill me. Yeah. I mean, that, that might be how it goes, but, you know, y- you never know. I mean, <clears throat> he's retired, and <laughs> how, look, for a guy who talks shit on Jerry Lawler and talks shit on WWE, I'm sorry, bro, you retired at an indie event on YouTube. I'm not I'm not totally shitting on the guy, but, you know, before you talk shit about legends, look in the mirror. That's all I'll say. Yeah, Monkey Talks had some shit about Jerry Lawler out of the heart attack. Apparently, he's re-signed with the WWE. Yeah, but that's developmental. Uh, not developmental. Buzzer. Legends. Legends, mm. yeah. There we go. I mean, it's a legends deal. I mean, that'd be, you know, TNA bringing Honky on for, you know, their fucking gut check. <laughs> He's going to earn his spot. Wow. No. Okay. okay, seriously, I got to end this call now. So I'll see you guys later. All right, take care, uh, take care, Farley. Okay. Take bye. care. All right, guys, we're going to wrap shit up. Um... Phone lines are closed, obviously. Make sure you tune in to all the other shows on the network, the Midweek Elite Force Podcast, TNA Chat Live, this Thursday, 10.30 p.m. Eastern, Running the Ropes, also on Thursday. Um, the open book is apparently on hiatus for two weeks as Sean figures out how to get some listeners, and he'll be back in two weeks, hopefully. Over the weekend, you've got the Elite Force Podcast, Beyond the Bell. Just all the archives, go to snsradionetwork.com, and you can look up all the shows and get all your archives. Next Tuesday, of course, Wrestling News Live returns. Myself, the Trey Dog, and JJ Sexay will be back. We'll have some more stories from New York, 9 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Mountain, Check it out. And uh, tonight was interesting. L train, I will tell you right now. Uh, I'm, I consider myself a rookie myself. But I'll tell you, bro, you did a phenomenal, phenomenal job. And it will be my pleasure to work with you anytime in the future. Man, I got to tell you, I appreciate that so much. I mean, obviously, I was nervous to, to get a chance to do this, but man it was so much fun you know i gotta thank you trey um jj and harmony uh heck everybody listening live right now and listening to this on archive um it was a heck of an experience and if there's ever a time that i get to to do it again i'd i'd be happy to because it was it was a blast to say the least 
Yeah, definitely. But I mean, it was cool. We got a lot of phone calls in. It was a different show. And, you know, Trey had said this on Facebook last week. This show is like SportsCenter. The hosts may change. The format may change. But we're for the fans, by the fans. So I want to thank L-Train. I want to thank Brass Eye. And, of course, the Trey Dog. On behalf of all of you guys, the listeners, the callers, I really appreciate it. From the bottom of my heart, I had a great time tonight. And with that being said, one of the founders, one of the big men, one of the legends, JSK, take us out, brother. Cool. With that being said, thank you very much for listening to the show. Thanks for everybody uh, that participates in the forum boards, and thanks for everybody participating in the chat room. Until next week, peace, 420, kiss my ass. Good night, white people. I'm out.
da ba 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 da 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 Hit it, L train. Ba da ba 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 da 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 ba 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 da da. It's fun. Dong. Go 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 go. All right, you said it right. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Peace, guys. is not affiliated with the WWE, TNA, Ring of Honor, or any other professional wrestling and or entertainment companies and exclusive to the SNS Radio Network. I'm so wrong.